22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. What the hell's going on next door? Are they really trying to fuck while we're doing a podcast? <laughs> Probably. They are setting the mood, baby. <laughs> when it's 50 degrees outside, that's when everybody comes out and or stays in and has some fun. Anything below 50 degrees, and that's all it's been in New York the past couple of weeks. So, uh, it's been way below 50. Below 50 makes it sound like it's been in the 40s. Try below, <laughs> try below hell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe have the numbers reversed uh, instead of 5005. Five. Seriously. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, Episode 24. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, here with my two partners in crime, MFG, trending everywhere, Mike the Finance Guy. I'm just a mean green mother from outer space, and I'm bad. What's that from? Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, okay. Good <laughs> man. That's shout out to Joey. Joey loves musicals. Fuck musicals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and our other tag team partner, which makes us a three-man tag team, RT Square. We're off the tech. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> you don't need to see my identification. Are you doing the original Obi-Wan? <laughs> I am the most awesomest person in this podcast. Undisputed. <laughs> There's not enough force for that one. <laughs> you better have a truckload of force for that shit. <laughs> oh, believe me, I got tons of force. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, you can give yourself that one for that. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, uh, no, no. I was thinking no, the other one. Yeah, for that, you get a rim shot. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Ralph loves a rim shot. <laughs> 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 you know what's funny? I was thinking, being that, and I don't know who's Catholic or Christian out there, but I know with Lent uh, being... The Pope, I think, is Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Who listened to the podcast? I thought the Pope I'm sure was the Jewish. Pope, I'm sure the Pope listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's that cool. I mean, he's, he's got his own Twitter account. I mean, heck with it. What I was going to say was, being that um, Lent is around the corner, they always tell you, as a good Catholic boy, to give up something for Lent. And I was thinking about giving up cursing, but I'm not sure if I could do that. <laughs> Fuck no. You're Puerto Rican. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's like giving up breathing. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> no, no, no. I can cause I realized I started counting how many times I curse in a podcast. I was like, wow, I'm like in the high thirties. High thirties. You must have had a calculator out. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike the finance guy, I love to have you on here. <laughs> so I mean, everyone's gonna be giving up something for Lent. What's gonna happen? Uh, black guys are gonna give up not seeing their children? <laughs> wow! Don't they already do that? Oh. For, for Lent, they're going to go see them. Oh, <laughs> oh man! I thought they were going to give. I up saw my women. daddy for forty days in a row. Hey, wait, hold on, hold on. No, no black jokes because this month is the or this is the end of Black History Month. That's true. And actually, um, today our whole episode we're going to honor um some of the achievements and some of the wrongdoings <laughs> of of um. Black superheroes and black villains throughout the course of comic history. You mean of white men drawing black men in comic books? Right, yeah. It's, it's funny you say that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but before we get... Oh, go ahead. No, I was about to say, I'm sure there's been... There's, there's tons of black artists out there now. 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 Yeah. Um, it's funny because when you hear um, Neil Adams talk about drawing the black character, he, I've never heard a man... And mind you, I love his artwork. Shout out to Neil Adams if I ever meet you. But I've never heard a man suck his own dick so hard. <laughs> See, there goes Lent. It's over for me. <laughs> Not because he's talking about I'm the only guy who's able to draw a black man at that time. And I'll get into that later because... Possible. I mean, I, don't, I would really have to see a bunch of artwork from that time period yeah. to, to give it a fair shake but but our Adams was, I mean our Adams um, Neil Adams was saying you know his art he was the only guy to draw a black hero or black people accurately he says a lot of people even 
in the you know black artists draw them looking you know having Caucasian features. Well, which time period is he talking about though? Well, he was talking about at his time, which was like. 60s, 70s. Okay, because, I mean, Gene Colan, I mean, he's the one that originated Blade. I thought he did a good job whenever he had black characters. Yeah. But Gene Colan has a very unique artwork, or had, I should say, a unique unique artwork. I I definitely want to get into that later on, because that's part of our bigger discussion about, you know, how, um, you know, African-American and black characters are treated in comic books. But before we get to any of that stuff, let's um, hit up the world of, or our listening audience, with some quick news. And now, the quick news with Michael Finance Guy and Ralph and Kat. You know, I'm just more curious though. You you brought up about Neil Adams if he happens to listen here, but I'm, but then you kind of play down the fact that the Pope might be listening. But I'm just curious which one has the greater chance of listening to this podcast right now? The Pope, yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> he probably presses the wrong button on his iPad. He's like, "Oh, what's this?" <laughs> right next to the they daily, sound amazing. Right I next to the this. daily verse. <laughs> <laughs> I could just hear him now, you know, ominous, ominous pizza delivers, you know, <laughs> MFG trending. I'm like, what? <laughs> That'd be dope. That would be dope. <laughs> anyway, off to the quick news. I have very, very quick news this time. Uh, just a few items. Let's start off with the Marvel Comics side of the business. Uh, I guess foretelling the demise of the Marvel comic Ultimate Universe was evidently greatly exaggerated. Because following the events of Cataclysm, Miles Morales, a.k.a. Ultimate Spider-Man, will kick it up a notch under a new Ultimate Marvel Now title uh, called, Mar- well, Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man. Starting, wow. It'll start in May 2014. Wow. So, so they're not getting rid of the, the universe as we no. thought. I mean, I think they've, you know, once again, I think what they did is they cleaned house. The, the saddest part is I own all the issues to all the parts of the Cataclysm and haven't read any of them yet. Mike buying a series and not liking it but still buying it? I wow, I I'm so like surprised. It. I haven't read it. <laughs> Wait, you collected it? You haven't read it yet? No, I, I do. I have all That's of crazy. I have all of the Age of Ultron still, and haven't read them. You're, you're not missing much. No, I know that. That's why <laughs> it keeps going down. Like every time I go through my new comics, I look to this huge pile of stuff that I haven't gotten to, and I keep putting other things on top of Age of Ultron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, so, so. Age of Ultron are ultimately your coasters? <laughs> yeah, pretty much by this point. It's, I have to dust them off, the edges for the plastic, you know, bags, uh, stuff like that. Pretty soon it's going to end up in the, near the, the bathroom and it's just going to be used as toilet paper. <laughs> it should be, from what I've understood. Well, the beginning started off promising. And I don't want to get too far off topic, but the beginning of Age of Ultron became promising. And then when it ended up, it was like, really, all that for this? Right. And that's kind of like my favorite saying, like, all that for this? Yeah. Is, is that what she said? Ooh. <laughs> I ought to stab you. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> uh, well, well, I was going to say. I, oh, no, I just wanted to mention that. I, I, I assume that, A, they, they know that um, Ultimate Spider-Man is their number one largest part of all of the Ultimate Universe. I mean, Absolutely. That, to the part that you may as well just say none of it exists except for Ultimate Spider-Man. Both Peter Parker and Miles Morales has really, uh, you know, done it for them. But I also, I think it's funny that it's coming out May 2014, which means his book will pretty much end in uh, probably... But probably March, April, you right. know, give it a chance to lay, to lay low, which means it'll come out after the movie. So now that they've called it Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, they've made it very clear to all those people that see the movie, this is not related to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie's called The Amazing Spider-Man. Well, not just that, but what I mean is that The Amazing Spider-Man is still Peter Parker. Yeah. And even with, um, with Doc Ock in Superior Spider-Man, he still is Peter Parker with Doc Ock's mind. Yeah. 
but Miles Morales, if someone picks it up and goes, oh, I'll just read this Ultimate Spider-Man. No, that's, that's exactly. not Peter Parker. That, when he takes that mask off, you're going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's black? <laughs> or he just has a tan. He has a tan. <laughs> you know what? He's Black Rican? Black Rican. That's right. He's Black Rican. Exactly. By the way, um, Cataclysm. I would say start reading, thumbing through it. They definitely are cleaning house with some of the things they're doing. Yeah. It's I, had, I, look, I looked at, I think, the first issue of one of them, but I, I, but I have all the parts. I mean, did you read all of the parts? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah, so I, I looked at a couple, and I know that there's some surprises. I, I know, um, not spoiling anything, just to say that I know that there's something going on with Danny Ketch and stuff like that, and I right. know what that is, but yeah. um, things along that line. So anyhow, definitely read The Cataclysm. I, I do think it's good, and Cap's recommending, recommending it. Uh, but on to the next piece of quick news. Let's talk about the live-action Fantastic Four reboot. Again? <sighs> Another one? Yeah, no, no, more well, news. Yeah, more just, news. Well, it's just that now they've pretty much finalized the talks for the casting, and we are getting Miles Teller as Reed Richards, Kate Mara as Sue Storm, Jamie Bell as Ben Grimm, and Michael B. Jordan as the Human Torch. I still don't understand how all that's working. Um, this movie, though, is they say it's going to be based off of the ultimate Fantastic Four which doesn't really do that much for the story. So they're not they're not really, I think, going to try and continue the other movie. I think they're just going to say this is the ultimate. But the ultimate world, they were just younger. I mean, they weren't kids, but right. they were younger. Um, but Johnny Storm still wasn't black. So I don't understand right. where they're going with this in this movie. Well, if you make them twins, you know, there was that one story where a, a woman gave birth to a white baby and a black baby. Yeah. But, yeah, but, like, but like we've mentioned before, that stretches it. But also, they're not twins. At least, you know, Sue is older than Johnny. Yeah. And it, that doesn't matter, but I'm just saying, like, they weren't ever, it's not like they have a twin thing, but it's, I don't understand their purpose of it's having rece- a black and a white character. Now, have they called them Johnny Storms? Or they call them the Human Torch. It's kind of something we touched on a couple yeah. of a podcasts ago when we talked about this idea of Michael B. Jordan playing right. John, Johnny Storm. We were saying if they call them Human Torch, maybe it's somebody else, and maybe some maybe Johnny Storm ends up somehow that getting I can't it. answer. So what you think that they're gonna have a body double play him as like he's gonna be the the flame, and then someone else is gonna be Johnny Storm? <laughs> no, no, well, no. He, like, well, he would just be the aftermath of the flame burning out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You just, are you saying he's so black he's ash? <laughs> thank you. Thank he's just you. Just extra crispy. Aww. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I think that, you know. Country on the outside, tasty on the inside, extra crispy. Wow. <laughs> thank you. The gong, the over the limit gong has been into effect. Please take your children and hide underneath a, a bed or a bathtub or something. <laughs> I don't know how those earthquake drills are. I don't know. But okay, you're, so you're supposed to hide under a desk because in the event that your whole building collapses, you'll survive. Under a desk? And what? Have something to write about afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> so any, any other news from for the Fantastic Four? They just finalized the names. Yeah, they just before they were just saying that they're just down to the wire finalizing, you know, that they haven't put all their eggs saying like this is 100% the cast, but damn close now. Boo. And I don't think they have announced anybody boo. for a villain. <laughs> I wasn't used to that boo. <laughs> I was like, well, that was an odd pause. <laughs> yeah, they, they haven't announced a villain or anything like that yet, so okay. I still don't know. I, I mean, as much as it's always great to have a, a Doctor Doom in it, I, I want another villain. You know what I mean? It's, you mean you want Mole Man? You want <laughs> oh, Scrolls? Um, Ultimate Scroll? Not yet. I don't know who should do the Scrolls. Um, I guess the Avengers would really be the ones to do yeah, the, the Yeah, the Avengers could take on the I mean, scrolls. even though, oddly enough, the Scrolls, I think, were much more of a Fantastic Four yeah, villain they were initially. Because, I mean, Ultimate Scroll, 
with the whole all, all, it's all not powers. ultimate scroll whatever he calls himself that <laughs> <laughs> so fantastic four is already super gonna be a, scroll so it's already gonna be a, a clusterfuck super. oh this is I, I am not looking forward to this reboot and i'm and for those who don't know i'm a big fantastic four fan from like the 67 cartoon all the way through. And even though it got corny at some times, I could say, okay, you know, maybe they'll pull through. This I'm not sure if I can get on board with. Yeah, well, it's 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 not even just about the whole black-white thing yeah. with Sue and Johnny. It's First of all, I mean, you know, please make sure you take a look at the Meanwhile 22 Pages Later Facebook page where I put up uh, the pictures of all of them. It's The cast looks unexciting. Yes. You know, they're not even like the beautiful WB people. Like, I mean, not, and usually <laughs> I complain about that. Like, there's just these beautiful people. I'm like, they're not even that. They're just, they look like a bunch of people that somebody just said, here's a list of people that aren't currently working and anything that will interfere with your production schedule, pick them. Well, you, you know what WB does? They have an actual boot camp of like uh, very beautiful, pretty people that they have. So whenever they have a show coming up, they're like, all right, we need five people. Let's go. We're going to have a competition. And they have like a, a death match kind of thing. It's death match. What is, what is it, like a beauty person ranch? Yeah. They have them all locked up in. Yeah, they're like have them all grazing and with like specific hormones. Grazing on tofu and then vomiting later. But I was gonna say that sounds about right. They're, they're only eating grass. They're probably about that thin. So you know. <laughs> then you have like the guys with the muscles. They're like in a gym twenty four seven. As they sleep, their muscles just muscle memory keeps having them doing reps. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. They, they definitely. It's not about only the, the the black thing. It's just about the. I mean, I, I just felt like I like the original cast. In general, I feel like Michael Chiklis and the rest of them were pretty okay. He's he for me. He's going to be the hardest thing, but um, boom, 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 for them to uh, to replace. He did such a great job. As he did. Thing. I mean, he he broke my heart when he tried when he tried to pick up that ring when his um, when his fiance was the fiance right now. What? Yeah. Right? When his fiance like threw the ring, he just tried to pick it up and couldn't do it. That just broke my See, heart. That was so great. He was just doing it wrong. Cause I mean, if you're the thing and you're that strong, just freaking break through the asphalt and pick it up. And that's it. <laughs> he just what became the thing. What? Like two hours before that. He, exactly. He has no control of his strength. He could just go, whoops, my bad. I can't control my strength. Hey, at least I got the sad. ring. It was just the, sad. But at the same thing. Was that, that like sassy black woman playing the thing? <laughs> <laughs> I can't control my strength. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Mike? No, I was about to say, but I, I, you know, as touching as it was, I think it was what, Sue, or was it Reed that puts the ring in his hand, like picks it up, puts it Sue. in his hand? Sue. But then he closes his hand around it. And I'm thinking, well, that's going to fall out. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to hold that very long. Um, so anyhow, let me. Uh, you guys had anything else there? No. Oh, I got one more piece of quick news. Now we're going to move over to the DC side of the world, and it's not going to be the sequel to the Man of Steel. Um, as as the Man of Steel turns, no, 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 no latest I, I news with that. I can't take that. I, I, I all my Man of Steel, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> now this is about CW's Arrow. They're going to see the arrival of, and you know what? I'm going to say this, Cap, because. I'm sick and tired of you not having watched it. Okay. But, but they're going to see the arrival of the Suicide Squad. Oh, fuck. On March 19th. <laughs> yep. Um, and that's going to be, it's not going to be a ton of them. Uh, it's going to be uh, people that we've kind of seen already. So you're going to get the Ben Turner, who's the Bronze Tiger, and that's played by Michael J. White. Mark Sheffer or Shrapnel will be played by Sean Maher. Floyd Lawton or Deadshot will be Michael Rowe. And I think that's it for like the main, you know, Superpower, if you want to call it, or villainy side, and of course Amanda Waller's already been introduced, uh, played uh, by Cynthia Ade Robinson. A skinny Amanda Waller. Yeah, yeah. She, well, she's skinny in the comics now. Oh, really? oh yeah. yeah. With the new Fifty Two, she evidently worked out a lot. She was on that Jenny Craig diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. She yeah. lost like one hundred and fifty two on that new Fifty Two. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, you guys mentioned that. I'm going to talk about her a little bit later. Um, 
Wow. Okay. So, so, so hold on. I just want to pause for a sec and acknowledge the fact that Mike just Ralphed. I didn't Ralph. <laughs> you would have read this in Thank the TV Mike. guide. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've given you no more. It's not like I said that Diggle's also going to be part of the group for some odd reason, which he is. Thank Congratulations, you. Congratulations, you. you just Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the sound for the Ralph. <laughs> All right. Um, can I add one more piece of quick news? Uh, must you. It, it I will. make it quick then. Shit it. <laughs> Come on, it's Lobo Rodriguez. Eh? Uh, so something we didn't cover the last meanwhile, twenty two pages later, Scarlett Johansson is gonna have her own movie, Scarlet Witch. What? The Scarlet Witch. Sorry, I wrote the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> wrong note. Did she get the job because her name was Scarlet? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Scarlett Johansson, aka the Black Widow, is getting her own movie. I had heard that they were talking about it, so she's actually going to get. A That's movie. what I'm hearing that oh, she's wow. going to get her own movie. A Black Widow movie. A Black Widow movie. That's going to be sexy. I hope so, but they find a way of. I don't know. Like it reminds me of when Catherine Zeta Jones was in Entrapment. They sold it as Catherine Zeta-Jones sliding under some laser beams with her ass up in the air, and then it all—it was—it just ended up being about Sean Connery. I was so disappointed. <laughs> well, okay, also, okay, to, to, to calm down all you guys out there, they're getting all hot and bothered. It's going to be PG thirteen, period. Hey, and and parents have to feel comfortable bringing their children to this. No, so, no, 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 no. You know, parents have to want to go to the, see this, so they're gonna take their kids. Right. They're gonna beg their kids and be like. You want to go see this movie? You want to go see this movie? You, yeah. I'm going to go take you to see this movie. See, We're going to go see it. I may not have kids, but that was spoken like someone without kids. <laughs> so when you're around, Ma, I want to see the movie. Dad, I want to see the movie. 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 You're going to go see that movie. I have little cousins and nieces and nephews, and I take yeah. them to the movies all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You take them to the movies. It's more like they're taking you to the movies. <laughs> but yes, I just, I just felt like we had to mention that because now all it just seems like Marvel has Marvel's been doing the better job of connecting their universe together movie wise mm-hmm. so I was wondering you know would Black Widow be interesting and you know I mean, I, well if, again if they do a good spy novel type story yes because I mean it has to be that I mean she's you know, I don't want to see that well Galactus came down and luckily Black Widow was there <laughs> right pew, pew. <laughs> her little stingers. stingers. Oh no! I Galactus, the mighty being, have been brought down by your puny little stings. <laughs> or she'll do oh, one of those like amazing, like you know, like when she crawls up on the villain. You know, she's like she crawls up. She's almost made it to the knee, and she's exhausted. That's right. <laughs> He's probably two hundred feet high, ladies and gentlemen. That was a stupid idea she had. No, and then they stop it, and they'll say next time, <laughs> and, and, and they'll have like a sequel to it. It'll just fade to black, like the Hobbit. <laughs> oh my god that pissed me off so much <laughs> I'm still not over it that was hilarious how we're, when we're at the theater I'm like alright that's it it's over and you're like wait no no it can't be over I'm like yep it's over and the lights come on you're like what it's over yeah, I just stood there looking I'm like oh, this is gonna be the ending and then the credits start and you're like son of a bitch <laughs> I was at least hoping the credits would fade away and we'd see like Nick Fury come and talk to, talk to Frodo or something like that about joining the Avengers <laughs> listen Frodo we need you and your one ring to join the Avengers. We've got to put a stop to Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> See, that sounded more like um, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, what? Oh, I'm the sorry. black guy sounds like another black guy? He, he, he lowered his fucking voice. Oh, he, at least, <laughs> he at least gave an effort. Oh, I'm sorry. If you needed more Samuel Jackson, it would have been like, yo, Frodo, we got to stop that motherfucking Gandalf. <laughs> Before we move on to the main part of the show, did you see the whole interview with him and Fox News? No. 
Oh my God! You didn't see that? No. Um, basically, um, one of the one of the the, the entertainment reporters. So I heard this guy's like a big douche, and he's um, the reporter or who he's talking the, to. The, the reporter yeah. is is interviewing Sam Jackson via satellite, so he can't see the guy reacting, but they're kind of they're, they're kind of talking, and he's asking about all this stuff, and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this and that. So then he tells him, he goes, yes, yeah, Sam. So tell me about how do you feel about the the Super Bowl commercial you did? Um, how much how, how much play did you get off of that? And Sam Jackson goes. Super Bowl commercial? What are you talking about? And he goes, oh, uh, and the guy realized he mistaken him for Lawrence Fishburne, who had a Super Bowl <laughs> commercial. No, and that's not even the best oh part. God. And this is maybe about two, three weeks old as news, but fuck it, I'm going to say it. So, so the guy's kind of like eating crow. He's a white guy, of course. And he's kind of like, oh, yeah, so, you know, no, 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 that's not what I meant. You know, let's, talk, let's talk about your movie Robocop. Um, um, Samuel Jackson goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. You mistaken me for Lawrence Fishburne? No, there's more than one of us black guys doing a movie. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> did you see me in Malcolm X too? <laughs> <laughs> he starts going off saying, um, Samuel Jackson, he's the car guy. <laughs> because I think the, the, the commercial Lawrence Fishburne had done for the Super Bowl was the Matrix character for the yeah for what was it the um the the, the fiat the no. fiat or the C uh, scion or uh, is one of those one of those smaller smaller car brands he goes you know Lawrence Fishburne's the car guy I'm this guy <laughs> he starts naming all these other black guys he goes like maybe on a two three minute rant and the guy's like yeah no no, no I'm sorry and he keeps trying to like go back to the subject and Lawrence Fishburne does not and it's live on the air Samuel Jackson Samuel Jackson hey, at, way to go <laughs> <laughs> well I think about Lawrence Fishburne because I'm like how do you even mistake in those two no you can't blame him he's only half black ah there you go <laughs> he, had, he had half the story right <laughs> but it was that's funny yo, I hadn't heard about that you hadn't heard it no. was all over the news and Sam Jackson just didn't let it go he's oh like, I wouldn't have let it go Matter of fact, during our break, I'll show you real quick. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't have let it. I mean, I wouldn't have been mean, you know, and I'm sure he wasn't mean about it, but I wouldn't have let it go. I've been like, sorry, dude, this is on TV. And, and you're uh, the entertainment reporter. Oh, that's what he yeah, said. He goes, the reporter. he goes, you're the entertainment reporter. I mean, I guess that must be a short line for your job. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. He, he went all Nick Fury on him. I loved it. Did he pull out an eye patch? <laughs> it was it was glorious. It, just, it pops out automatically. <laughs> just slides down from the eyebrow. <laughs> all right. Well, and that's it for the quick news, right? That is it for my quick news. All right. So let's move on to the main. So one of the main segments. You're gonna say something, Ralph? Yeah. This quick news just keeps getting quicker. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, we're, we're at 22 minutes though. So, you know, we're, we're about online with our quick news. 22 minutes, oh, 22 pages later, oh, it's an old minute in the numbers. <laughs> 22 minutes and only four items. That's the sad part. <laughs> I should uh, for for those who live in New York City, I'll say this. Oh, I'll play that number. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. For those who don't live in New York, you have no fucking clothes. I'm sorry, <laughs> especially those in Atlanta, where it's not cold. I haven't oh. heard from you in a long time, oh, Atlanta. Get, Atlanta got their snow, and then, you know, they're what? They're one-third of an inch of snow and then crash into every car in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard, heard even, like, when it rains over, like, two or three inches, they, they start, like, like a state of emergency down there. <laughs> Obviously, people have not been there enough to realize it's always a state of emergency down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm shouting out one particular person in Atlanta. We haven't heard from you in a while um, besides maybe facebook so i think you need to kind of let us know you're alive hit us up with an email or a text or something like that or maybe you know find some time and try to be on the show that'd be a great idea yeah we're not paying your airfare to get up here oh fuck no we're not even paying your greyhound fare to get up here (laughs) i'm not even going to loan you a pair of sneakers to walk up here damn you feel that seriously about it (laughs) oh nothing personal i just happen i only have one pair of sneakers so (laughs) so all i'll say is atlanta aka sh 
You know what? You know who I'm talking to. Please get back to us as soon as you can. All right. So, um, yeah, like we said before, t- um, February is Black History Month, and we wanted to kind of do something to honor it. So, um, MFG, could you give us a quick um, a quick intro on to what we'll be discussing for this segment? I don't know. What are we discussing for this segment? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me let me turn on. Damn it, my my freaking iPad. Okay, so basically, what we're going to be discussing is, um, it's funny when you think about superheroes, and you think about Black History Month, because you think about Superman, I'm, I, Batman. No, 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 no the no, Flash, no. I hate Wonder you. Woman. I hate you both. I hate you because <laughs> you both gang up on me so so fast. Oh, Ralph's happy because we're not ganging up on him. That's what that is. <laughs> Hey, I got to get my punches in when I can. <laughs> if you punch like Mike, that shit don't mean shit. <laughs> no, I hit like a real man. Wow. <laughs> a, a real a, a real weak man. <laughs> no, I'm not you. Well, oh, <laughs> anyway, you the point... Oh, don't give yourself a rim shot for that. <laughs> I didn't realize he was that flexible. <laughs> <laughs> give himself... <laughs> <laughs> you know that that'll be our next job of, of, of the podcast. Give up um sexy innuendos. <laughs> the show show will be like ten minutes long. <laughs> Here's the quick news and we're done. <laughs> yeah, thank you. For me, I'll tell you pages later. <laughs> yeah. But what I was saying was that when you think of superhero characters that are there for a while there haven't been a lot of black or African American characters in the forefront for a very, very long time. Right. And and, and now that, you know, um we're talking about Black History Month. I want us to kind of, or actually, um, MFG, you kind of discussed about us kind of taking some of these characters and bringing them to the forefront. Right. Whether it's some, whether it's some characters we felt that were really influential, or some some heroes or villains that were really cool, or even the opposite way, where they, where the the, the comic book industry has kind of done the black and African American community a disservice. You're trying to say they they done done them dirty. They done done them dirty. Exactly. Wow, I feel like I'm back in the school I work in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, um, so I definitely want us to um, discuss black um, black characters in the comic book universe. Could we extend it to comic book movies or no? That's just I'm, well, I suppose so. I mean, the comic book movies are coming from the comic books. Where granted, they usually bastardize there, them. There's but. a reason why I'm saying that. So. Uh, we'll stick with the combos. Yeah, I'll just, I, mean, I'll just still, throw, I mean, still the blacks in the the hero business, or at least in the the super something business, or, or just the comic business itself, really. All right, um, because it's, you know there's stuff that's not superhero related and whatnot. Um, just like I said, I just wanted to get us us talking about what are the publishers doing with with blacks right. during the Black History Month. Yeah, and, and let's talk about um, one character each that we kind of are pleased with, and a character that we're like, yeah. That really was not a really good idea. It really wasn't conceptualized very well, or it just sucks. Sounds good. Okay, I, I guess I'll start it off. And you know what's funny? I'll start it off. It, usually I go hero, and I was talking with um, MFG over the week, talking about the character I was thinking about doing, and I thought about Cyborg initially. Okay. And the reason why I like um, what they've done with Cyborg is because, I mean, Cyborg, I'm, I'm thinking about the time that he, that he was introduced. He was introduced back in 1980. Right, and, and the idea of cyborg, you know, you think about for for a long time, there weren't many black characters, and if they were black characters, they were, um, they really were stereotypical. Like you know, they they lived in the hood. Did they draw him with like a boombox that pops out? It wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> oh, let's get this party started. He would just had a boombox in his chest. <laughs> He's Soundwave now. <laughs> Love Soundwave. But um, I mean, what I I said I was gonna pick him because I liked. 
You know, fuck it. I'll stick with him because we're going to probably have time to go around for another one. I'll stick with Victor Stone because I kind of, I dig what they did with him and especially at the time they created him. He was a character that, you know, I mean, he came out in 1980. He was what his first appearance was. um, DC Presents number 26. Okay. So, um, and and for those who don't know Cyborg, who've only watched him in Teen Titans, you know, he was... He was a kid, a football player, star football player, that was injured, and um, his father was assigned to si- um, Silas. Is that, is, am I saying it right? It's Silas. It's, actually, both of his parents were scientists. Yeah. So, so Silas Stone, basically, you know, his son's life was in danger. I'm, I'm just making this real short. And they um, used technology that Silas had at his lab and chose to merge it with Victor's body, so Victor became part man, part cyborg. And you mean part machine? Part machine. So he became cyborg. Thank there, you. There you go. Oh, th- thank you, Ralph the Tech. <laughs> Tech That's is right. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but what I like about it is not necessarily the what they did with the character. Like, oh, wow, he's half man, half machine. I like the fact that it wasn't a stereotypical background. His mother and father were both scientists. Right. You know, like, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, well. And not saying these stories don't exist. And not saying that we don't have people coming from hard times and people going from, you know, from down on their luck to being successful. But what I like is that they made these characters accessible to everybody. Right. And say, okay, well, you know, yeah, he's black, but, you know, he's also a scientist. He's not all about him being black. It's about his father's a scientist. His son is in danger. His son was about to die. And he, you know, found a way to merge the technology to make, you know, to make his son a superhero. Right. And I, and I, and I love that idea. I really did love that idea. Not bad. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you brought up the, uh, you know, when you were talking about the fact that, you know, the family was, you know, they were scientists and that they had a, you know, they were probably beyond middle class family type of thing. And I hate when I hear blacks say, well, you know, you know, they, they have to be from these bad areas or whatever just to make them relatable. And I'm saying to myself, okay, well, are you trying to tell me that all white people are multimillionaires? Because, you mm-hmm. know, you have so many white heroes that are millionaires. I'm like, who are they relating to? Because yeah. that, they would only relate then, therefore, to millionaires. Well, I'm okay, sure yeah. Donald Trump probably has, like, Batman undies or something. Nah, he probably does. <laughs> I, I think he actually just, you know, he has, has the- Adam West. He wears him as underwear. <laughs> He's got that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So that, like, you know, it's you should be reaching to all parts of any group. So, I mean, right. you know, there's tons of blacks that have money. I'm not talking about this, that they're all billionaires, but there's tons of them that are middle class beyond middle class are millionaires and it's been that way for a while you know again more so now than before but still even back in the 80s and the 70s i mean you know you had blacks that had successful businesses i mean you had the i can't think of the woman's name right offhand but the first black millionaire was a woman that who specialized in hair care products and that was in the 1800s you know so i mean so these things that existed and i hate when blacks act like that we're all poor you know i mean you know Fine, maybe all of us that know each other are poor, <laughs> but there's a group besides the people that you know out there, right? You know, I think also what I liked about Victor Stone was the fact that he didn't speak like the way when they when they write about a young black character or right. a young Spanish character. I'll even throw that one out there. Um, they always write Kibasa, in, is it hippie? yeah, <laughs> or it, the, the, how many yos are in the dialogue? Right? How many a uh, brother is in the dialogue? And with Victor Stone, you didn't see that. You right. didn't see as much. Well, well, actually, he had a, a quantum computer for part of his Yeah, brain. but even before that, so when much. he was a football player. Right, but oddly enough, though, there was a part of his story that either you're not aware of or that you may have, have left out of there. Which that is? That his parents had been experimenting on him beforehand. Oh, fuck. They, they, right. they were increasing his intelligence because he wasn't that smart. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I forgot yeah, about that, that. And then he ends up there, mad at them at the lab, has a tantrum again. Right. 
um, a, up. A, well, no, not that. Um, an interdimensional rift opens up. A monster comes out, or an alien really comes out, kills the mother, and then mangles the hell out of out of Victor Stone. I and for, then his father saves. Him. I forgot about that version. Yeah, I, I, you know what the, the version I keep thinking about because even though shout out to. Uh, Mark Wolfman and George Perez who created the original mm-hmm. the original cyborg. But the one I think about is and don't laugh, Super Friends. Oh right, when, right. When they, when they show for me, that's always yeah. been the um, the origin. Right. I'm glad you, you cleared me up on that one. Is that the one? Is that the one where he looks like? Uh, was it like, like one of those '80s kind of like silvery? Well, he always looks the same. I mean, he's always part it, it metal, and I mean, been that just, that, just that back then they didn't do it with machine. It just looks like like silver lame on his body more so than mechanical devices. You know what I'm saying? Um, MFG's word of the day: lame, lame, which is well, it's just a material. There you go. There, you go. that's so, kind of shimmery. That's what I wanted you to say, bro. And shiny. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, so, so for me, that was always how I was introduced to Cyborg. Right. And then later on, I read him in, in Teen, Teen Titans, and shout out to Troy. Troy put me on to Teen Titans, and Mark Wolfman, and yeah, right. Mark, yeah. See, because that was, I was saying that he looks like he has a freaking tank top on, you know? Yeah. Right. And then, like, the rest, it almost looks like a unitard. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it was just a simplistic uh, look. I, I think they tried to make him more, you know, they, they tried to almost make him a little bit more of a 50-50 split. Right. Or, you know, but now he's almost just a head. He's almost like Robocop. You know, he's <laughs> just a head and lungs, basically. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I, I've always liked the Victor Stone character. He's a good character. Even though I can't even lie, people gave a big, a big negative push, and even myself included, when he was included as the Justice League. He's, he's not Justice League beginning of the team material. He's Justice <laughs> League, like, hey, we've we formed ourselves like the normal team that had always been. And we elected him. Like, if he had been their first pick after the original Didn't five just... or seven, that would have been great. But to be a founding member, even in the well, in the book, which even in the movie, the, the war, war that just came out, he doesn't do anything much that really warrants him being there at that point. Didn't you know? they just usually have him in the watchtower? Just like, hey. Well, only when he was helping them out. Because remember, he was Team Titans. Doing tactics. Like, right. No, Team Titans, he was, he was out in the field. Yeah, he was kicking ass in Team Titans. But then I think as the more the 90s, I think, went on, they kind of had him, you know, being like Mr. Tech or something like that. And suddenly he had his his own tech villains, you know, that kind of a thing. But All right. Yeah. All right. So so, so that's my that's my um, that's my piece on Victor Stone, a.k.a. Cyborg. What do you guys feel like? Are your characters that you feel like the writers of the comic book world have done well with the black community? Uh, Yeah, Mike. I'm going to talk about... I was going to talk about somebody that's really popular, but I decided not to, so screw you all. (laughs) I was curious to hear what that was going to be about. Okay, go Um, ahead. I'm going to talk about somebody that... It's really weird that I I love her as a character so much. It's a character called Martha Washington. And yes, that's named right after George's wife. Um, Martha Washington, she's not a superhero. She's definitely a hero, but not a superhero. She was created in 1990, and she's uh, under the Dark Horse uh, comic book industry. Okay. She was created by Frank Miller. Really? Frank Miller? Yeah, she was created by Frank Miller, and the series was drawn by... Ooh, Dave Cockrum, I believe, is the one that drew the whole series. Uh, you're first introduced to her in a four-issue miniseries called Give Me Liberty, which is a fantastic series. And it's taken from a Patrick Henry quote, which is, uh, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Okay. Is there a third option? 
Um, of, of course, Ralph the Tech wants the third option <laughs> between liberty, freedom, and death. I don't think there is a third option, really. <laughs> Switzerland. I think nah. you're still free. <laughs> <laughs> I think, <laughs> but um, dull but free. <laughs> the story's there. There, it's it's a political satire about the, um, yeah, but that's not the. Sorry, he's showing me some pictures, but the original is "Give Me Liberty." Um. The, the, it's a political satire about the United States at that time. Um, uh-huh. Like I said, it was made in 1990, but it takes place in 95. And throughout all of the stories, it actually goes forward 100 years. And uh, so, like I said, it's, it's, it's about the politics of going on in the United States, the world, the, the corruption that's being brought on by the big corporations, uh, the decisions of out of touch and, and bigoted politicians, uh, the increase of government sponsored poverty and unconcern for its own populations. Kind of funny. That was 1990, and sounds like I'm talking about 2014. Right. Um, so it's, it's it still, definitely holds its own. Yeah, it still holds up um, in many ways. So the even though the story is about a lot of other things, Martha Washington is the focal point of the story um, because she's the one that binds us through all of the books. There's um, like I said, it's a four-shoe miniseries that started in '90, but the last book called Martha Washington, Mar- Martha Washington dies. Surprise, she dies. Um, <laughs> Good job, you just roughed it. Uh, no, actually, again, <laughs> that's the name of the book. <laughs> um, that took place in 2007, so it went over 17 years Oh wow! Um, of a project. Um, not, again, it wasn't a monthly series. It was just books that would just come out right. periodically. But it's about Martha Washington, and she grew up in abject poverty in Chicago's Cabrini Green housing projects. And uh, she's just an average student, uh, but she's encouraged to learn and to think outside the box by a teacher that uh, and I think it was a white teacher too, but he even risked like you know breaking the law by bringing her contraband, like sandwiches. This is how bad the government has gotten. The government has sponsored poverty. Basically, wow. they to the point that like you can't bring regular food into what they consider the poverty areas because they want to make sure they stay impoverished. It's just it's a very interesting view of how far the government has gotten. So like if you bring a Twinkie and there's like uh uh-uh, uh no Twinkies in here. Yeah, they you probably would have been killed before you even got there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just got to be that kind of a bad thing. Um, but anyhow, so, so she's just an average student stuff like that. But uh, her teacher gets killed uh, by a local gangster. She witnesses it and almost gets killed herself. But in defending herself against the man, he bleeds to death. So she's taken away to a psychiatric hospital. Um, where she sees that children's brains are being genetically manipulated so that they can, they're basically being used as computer hardware for their weapons, for the government's weapons. Um, so it's not like, again, so don't think this is going to turn into a one woman's vengeance. Of, it's never that kind of a story. It's, uh-huh. She's witnessing these things, but she has no power. You know, she is just a normal person because this right. is not a superhero story. Um, so as the story progresses, Martha ends up in the military and proves herself smart, resourceful as a fighter. Um, but she's often used as a pawn and until she eventually, you know, realizes her situation, she'll usually gain an upper hand to escape in some kind of a manner or to resolve whatever the situation is. But she's also able to show her, her love and devotion for those that she cares for, the way she fights and tries to protect these people throughout the series. Um, but her fight, it takes her from it takes her far away from the front lines of what is the second American Civil War. It takes her out into the cold of, of outer space. Um She's often called a hero. She's called a traitor. She's called everything in between and outside of the two. Uh, but no matter what, she she never loses her courage, her integrity, or her her unwavering commitment to liberty. You know that's her big thing. And uh, and even though there's, it's rarely ever a tada happy ending to her story or even her to her life, you you just feel inspired to continue and and to never surrender. And that is what I like about the character. Uh, it's it's just that kind of a good story for me. That sounds like Galaxy Quest. I, Never give up. 
Okay. Never surrender. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the fact that you picked a character that that wasn't necessarily a superhero character. Right. Um, and you said Dark Horse came out with that in, in 1990? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to figure out, like, have I ever seen the book before? I don't think I've seen the book before, but... You I'm probably looked at it and it's like, Martha Washington. Nah. I'm yeah, but I think that's it, yeah, because 1990, I was... George married a black woman? <laughs> back... Wasn't that Mr. Jefferson? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I was 14, 13 around that time, so I don't think I would have had any interest, or even if I would have picked it up, if I would have even been able to digest the message they right. were trying to give. Yeah. No, no, exactly. I mean, it's not, and it's not a book I would say for everyone, and that's not a meaning. It's not an offense to anybody. It's, it like I said, it is much more of a political satire. So you have to be in the mood for that kind of a book, or, or like, and also that know kind of about politics as well, because a political satire, if you don't know, um, right. where, where where things are today in the world, you don't get what they're right. saying anyway. Right, exactly. And then also because it was written over seventeen years, as you'd imagine, no matter how good your initial idea was, you eventually lose steam or kind of misstep here and there and you know even dave cochran's drawing you know started to kind of show that a little bit as well but the original book like i said give me give me liberty is great i mean every book ends on its own it's just that it's not the end of it doesn't resolve everything in other words you don't get to the end of of give me the liberty and the world's great in fact you don't get to the end of anything in the world <laughs> <laughs> but um, but like i said i just like her because i think she's just she's just a a symbol of the reality of never stopping to fight for your own freedoms and liberty. And that's what I love about her. All right. Well, well done. Ralph, what about you? What about, what about him? What about me? <laughs> I got your back. I'm awesome. Oh, goodness. That double team. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you haven't said that uh, a few times before, huh? Shoot. College, <laughs> college was weird. College was weird. <laughs> What, what 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 is a black character in comic books that um, past the present that you felt like um, the writer or the creators did a really good job with this character for whatever reason do you feel? I feel that Black Panther, created by Stanley Stanley and, uh, Ooh, and Jack Titus. Kirby. Nice going. Yeah, <laughs> it's catching. <laughs> Stanley and Jack Kirby. Go ahead. I, I just feel that you know it's, it was like a different character because I'm pretty sure around that time there weren't that many black superheroes, right? So then you you got this guy who's pretty much pictured 007 with his own country, right? Mm-hmm. And he's also a king and super rich and I guess a superhero kind of guy. I, I, def- I definitely agree with you. I mean, I like the fact that, that he was a king. Yeah. That's number one. That and, he was a king. And yeah. the, the whole thing was like where everyone knew who he was in his country. It's not like the Black Panther was this... Like masked guy that just uh, a rogue agent that saved everyone in the country, the Black Panther was the title of the king. Right. Well, everybody. I think he. I think technically he never had a secret identity. No. So like yeah. he has he has a name. His name is T'Challa, but the Black Panther is his title. Right. right. So it just, just seems cool. It's like you, you know you got sort of this. I don't know if in the beginning they 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 made it the same where his suit was made out of vibranium. No. Okay, well, now it's made out of vibranium. Wait, his suit now is made of vibranium? Yeah. They're that's, really that's, trying to milk that's this. That's the reason why. <laughs> They're really trying to milk that. Yeah, that's like how um, how Wakanda is, why it's so advanced. It's apparently uh, an, a meteor um, struck there millions of years ago, and then they, they found the metal, and because of that metal... They were able to advance their society. No, I thought they so were. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that they pulled like a Victor Stone, where the aliens made the people in Wakanda in intelligent, <laughs> and then they created a. No, no, they were just they were just smart people, and good. They created good this technology based using this amazing metal. 
but it just also shows that how they were saying how like even in the heart of africa there's this hidden village where you got such an advanced society i always thought it was so funny it was like you got this advanced society but yet you're still wearing like glowing cloth clothes oh yeah you know but they but they they have their they'll have their you know big hooped earrings you know through the ears they'll have their nose pierced they'll have like the neck stretched out and like you said the loincloths but then they'll have spears that are lasers that, that with lasers and, <laughs> and i'm like really you thought the spear was the handiest device <laughs> i'm pretty sure there was probably like one one uh I don't, I don't remember where i read it but i was reading one where i think it was like the avengers meet um black panther and they're like oh no they got spears we're fine and you think they're gonna throw the spears right. and they start shooting at them? And they're like, "Oh, you shoot! They got lasers!" <laughs> yeah, it's like they have really long, inconvenient guns. Like I don't understand what's up with that. <laughs> Obviously, they've never met the musket to, to, to know where the error was. What's but, interesting about Black Panther is that the fact it took so long for him to be considered relevant, yeah. right? You know, because I remember for years I always, as a kid, looking at Black Panther. And when I was a kid, you know, my father didn't read. He read comic books, but not as avidly as, as we do here at the panel. And when I would look at a cover of the Avengers and there's this black figure, I'm like, that's Batman. And my father said, no, that's not Batman. That, that, that's, some, that's some guy. And, and nobody really knew who he was unless you talked to somebody who really read comic books. Right. Like now kids recognize Black Panther because of the cartoon and because of all the other yeah, things. Yeah. BET, they sponsored the cartoon that they made. Um, oh, you mean the, 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 the motion, animated the the motion, motion picture? Wow. Did I say that would have grown, MFG? Well, I hate motion comics. You know, I agree with him, though. That one wasn't really done very well. There is none of them that are done really well. Because that, that one, it just made it like they went over the top with the blackness, you know? With the blackness? Yes. They, they had like... <laughs> They, they were Did really you just think your TV wasn't working? <laughs> wow. They were re- no, they were just like Where trying to promote. The they were just trying to promote like you know African awareness. You know, okay. Well, that was that was I mean that was uh, Reginald Hudlin, who is a black man that wrote the the resurgence of the Black Panther, and as a black man, he I it was almost unbearable to read. I mean, I'm like I'm look, I get that you're you're saying that blacks aren't represented well enough, but he just went like like yeah. Ralph was saying way over, over the top. I mean. It, you know, obviously, when you have your own comic book and somebody guest stars in your comic, if there's a fight, you will always win that fight. Right. That's just the way it happens. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, like if, if, if Popeye suddenly showed up in a Superman, you know, book, Superman's going to win. If Superman pops into Popeye, he's got that spinach all over his ass. <laughs> you know, like, you know, that's what's going to happen. That but, sounds kinky. He yeah. has the spinach all over his ass. <laughs> You've never, strong it, to the finish. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived until you tried it with spinach. <laughs> But, I see what um, you're saying. Okay. but you know, but, I mean, so that like you know, because I, I read the series for years, and until I just couldn't take it anymore. I mean, he, you know, like he Iron Man would show up, for instance, and you know they'd get into some, whatever the reason they'd get into a skirmish, and suddenly you know T'Challa has an Iron Man you know suit like thing, but it's for the Black Panther, and it's nearly as strong as his. But then he comes out with a magic sword and takes down Tony, and then t- and then at some point. And I don't remember how this all started. Oh, this, this was a future reference. That's what it was. It was like some future thing that they foresaw. And you saw Tony Stark had made basically like, you know, some big Japanese, you know, animated adventure robot sized Iron Man. And the Black Panther had made a really giant animated sized robot Black Panther. And the Panther, I mean, just ripped him apart. You know, you're just like, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. You know, it was just everything. I mean, he beat Captain America. You know, things like that, hand-to-hand <laughs> combat. And I'm like, stop, guys. 
Yeah, because, you know, Panther style beats Captain America all the time. <laughs> but I mean, I, 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 I'm, and I'm not saying I disagree with you, Mike. I, I agree with it. Sometimes it becomes a little bit too much, but I understand. But I, I agree with what you said about I like the effort. Right. I like the fact that, you know, he made, he made a conscious effort to say, you know what, let's make this guy stronger than what he is. Because of the fact that, you know what, there aren't a lot of strong or prominent black characters. Right. I mean, think about all the characters that are prominent. I mean, like, when I think about black characters, I thought about Green Lantern. I'm like, yeah, but that, that was a helm that was already introduced mm-hmm. by two other Green Lanterns. Right. You know, that, it wasn't his own thing. Actually, only one. A- Alan, Alan Scott and then Hal Jordan. And then... Well, yeah, Alan Scott that wasn't part of that world. Yeah, but but you know what I'm saying? Like oh, like, 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 saying, like yeah. the idea of, you know, the Green Lantern. Right. This right. character has kind of been carried over. Right. Where, yeah, that's what you mean. Like, you know, so you know, like Black Panther, you know, you have this this nobody else has been the Black Panther. No no you know, this is the first time he introduces his character and he's always been kinda of weak. I like the fact that they try to make him strong, but I do agree it's yeah. like, okay, limits. Yeah. But let me just throw in one other point that'll just make you gag on that Black Panther part before I give it back to Ralph there again, was when he took down the Silver Surfer. What? What was that for? Gag on that Black Panther part. <laughs> <laughs> so now wow. we're paying attention. <laughs> now he's listening. So wait, he, but, took uh, the, he took the... Oh, yeah. We, I think we talked yeah, about it yeah, on yeah. the podcast yeah, before. Yeah, he but. took him down by basically twisting his arm behind his back and is like, because you're humanoid shaped, I figured out that you wouldn't be able to get out of this hold. I'm like, he wields the power cosmic, you dumb ass. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes like this. Well, that's the kind of thing that that when he was original was writing, it just went so far that you were like, stop it. Like, basically, he made him as smart as um, Reed Richards, which. Yeah, we talked about that before. That's also just insane. You know, it was just too much. But again, I do like him, though, as a character. Ralph, you were going to add? No, no, I was going to ask you an uh, irrelevant question. I'll ask you that one. Uh, Throw it out there now just so we can keep it in mind. Well, um, because you're saying Green Lanterns, the order is Alan Scott. Hal Jordan. Is it John Stewart? Is John, yes. John Stewart? Well, or actually, even, I, I might be corrected. What's his name? Gal Gardner. Gal Gardner. You'll, you'll be corrected. I'll be corrected? Yes. The second one is John Stewart because Guy Gardner was injured. So That's then, why John Stewart was picked. And then Guy Gardner becomes a Lance Guy Gardner, then Kyle Rayner. Then Kyle Rayner. Exactly. And then, is there one more? That's it, right? From well, Earth? well, Jade was, was, a, was a Green Lantern for a little bit. You're forgetting the most recent Green Lantern. He's Muslim. Oh yeah, that's right. I like him. Yeah, I like. No, him. I don't know his name. I because I yeah. don't read the Green Lantern, but that's the last. <laughs> I like the way I like the way you introduced it. He's Muslim, and that's it. <laughs> that was their whole big thing with him, you know. And he carries a gun. He has, he has oh. a power ring, but he carries a gun. Yeah. Well, I know why. Uh, you have to read the story. It's relevant to the story. He doesn't really. It's. it's uh, gotta read. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's relevant to the story, but I still could care less. It's, <laughs> it's just a show. It's like piece. Superman carrying a switchblade, just in case he ends up <laughs> in in the Boricua. Hey, essay, I slice you, man. I'm indestructible, but I got a knife. Hey, Captain America carried a gun too. Oh, well, that was fine. I mean, he was never anti-gun. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. But I'm talking about when, when, when it changed over from Steve Rogers he's to Bucky. He's not Yeah, I know he's not indestructible. So he, could, he could have a gun. Yeah, I don't like my Captain America. You can't always gun. just throw the shield and expect it to come back. Fuck you got to use some yeah. bullets and say, hey, get out of my way. <laughs> I mean, either way, it really doesn't bother me when I see Captain America with or without a gun. It, when he has one, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. When he doesn't have one, I'm like, yeah, it's Captain America. I mean, if he's Captain America, of course he has to have a gun. Well, he's Captain America, not Captain Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, Captain America. Why you see here, boy? <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, so, so we're feeling kind of lighthearted, and that's what good heroes do. They make you feel lighthearted. So now let's t- flip to the other side. What is a black character, hero or villain, um, in your opinion, that 
the writers did a disservice, or they they wrote in, they wrote really crappily. If, Life for a better term. I like crappily. Um, <laughs> What's the word? Yeah. And, and, and I'm conflicted. And here's why I said about the um, using a movie character instead of a combo character. And we've talked about. Um, I want to say maggot. I, I want to go say ahead. It. Say it. Well, because it's between maggot and it's between those two transformers in Transformers Two, <laughs> because they annoy because, but for two different reasons. But, Mag- but is that really the comic book industry doing that, or was that just the whoever put that movie together? Yeah, doing that, but you, you know, know, I mean, I mean, I don't know if they brought them in continuity, but like, like I'll put it this way: the cart, I mean, the cartoon was connected to the comic books. So I'm, always, I always feel like they're all together, even though you're right, it's a different industry. So I guess I'll stick with Maggot, but <laughs> but Maggot is not because when I think about all the characters that have been. Um, I don't know. They that they're not as good as they should be, or that they're so, that they're written so horribly. Like I think about parts of Green Lantern when John Stewart was Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, that's a little bit like you know, unemployed. What was it unemployed? Um, yep. yeah, ex Vietnam vet. Right, but I was like, okay, he was a soldier. Right. You know, and and one thing I'll say if I've noticed, if you've noticed when you talk about good black characters, a lot of them are soldiers. Think about it, Rhodey, right. um, the Green Lantern, um, what's her name, um. Waller. Waller. Amanda Waller? Yeah, Amanda okay. Waller was part you know, all those military types were always are always really good African American or black characters. Bronze Tiger. Bronze Tiger? Yeah. Okay. All those characters, you know, that when they have that background, they're all written well, they're all written okay. intelligently. But when you go outside of that room, it's like, well, well, they have to be a soldier to be fucking, you know, cool. And, and what Maggot about, what, what about Luke Cage? Was he a soldier? No. No. <laughs> and he's not written well either. Yeah. <laughs> also, he, sweet t- Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he was written in, in a different time where they were really trying to push one agenda. But um, Maggot, and Maggot has no excuse because Maggot was an X Men character. Sadly, an X Men character. He was introduced back in Uncanny X Men three forty five, which is back in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. And the people who helped create him was Scott um, Scott Lobdell. That's mm-hmm. I said his name right. Scott Lobdell and um, Joe Madiri, one of my favorite artists. He he was um, uh, X Men's uh, artist for a while before he started doing Battle Chasers, and he did the video game Night Stalkers, I believe, okay, or some, something like that. Dark Stalkers. Dark Stalkers. Dark Stalkers. Yeah, great artist. But they created Maggot, and Maggot was this was this guy. Um, his real name was Jeffeth, and he was um, basically from South Africa, mm-hmm. and he had these two slugs that were connected to him, and they were part of his digestive system, and he would. Send the slugs out, and the slugs would eat, and they would come back to Maggot. And when they combined with, you know, when they combined with Maggot again, they gave him such immense power. Right. Nothing against, you know, so like 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 social issues. He was just a really really bad character. Right. And to introduce a black character as part of the X Men, you I would think you would you would have done a little bit more. So thinking his power was recycling. Basically, his power was energy from recycling. Power was extremely ill-defined, but uh, there's even more sadness slash stereotype to that guy. I mean, you know, um, he was one of five siblings, so it's again was a big family, right? But they thought he had cancer originally. That's right. So he not they didn't even send him out, which would have just been awful. He decided at the age of twelve to go out and kill himself, and was it was stopped by Magneto of all people. Ah, Magneto. Yeah. So then, so like he's actually really young, like really, really. I mean, he's not twelve by the time he meets them, but it's only some odd amount of years later that he ends up 
looking for Magneto ends up finding the X-Men. And, of course, his father gets killed by rebels, the whole nine yards, yeah. you know. But do you know what happened to him? Um, I know that uh, the only books I know he was in was Uncanny X-Men. And I think later on he was part of Generation X. Are you- well, to throw even more, and you, and you just got to love when they don't know when to stop. Well, he was captured by Weapon X. Okay. okay. Oh, oh, fuck. And then they put him in a mutant internment camp and killed him. What? Yeah, kind of like with the Jews in the internment camps. They, he was killed in, in the mutant internment camp. The name of the internment camp? Ready for this one? To throw a little bit more? Auschwitz. Neverland. Wait, who had a place called Neverland? Wasn't that Michael Jackson, black guy? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now I kind of feel sad. <laughs> now I'm kind of no, sad. That's even worse written yeah. <laughs> of a character. Oh, my God. That's that's even worse. Yeah. I stand by my statement. <laughs> <laughs> Maggot, I'll throw out there. And like I said, I wanted to go for somebody that was more like, you know, to show how much of the writers are, you know, are not in touch with. You know, just writing a, a person, not writing a color, not writing a race, not writing an ethnicity, even though you got to add some of the, the little accents on it to make it seem like, OK, well, you know, you know, this, you know, this makes this person a little bit different from you and I, but it's not that much. But with this guy is just his powers are just horrible. And yeah. if you're going to have somebody on the X-Men, you need to have them with some pretty kick ass. Well, it's, it's something that because I mean, you know, the reason why a lot of these things actually have extra information about is I wrote down a ton of different heroes and villains that are black. And just found out little bios. And particularly the part about the bios I was looking at was their treatment in the comics. That's why, you know, I had mentioned about what they did with him. And that's like another thing, for instance, the fact that he's black and his power are maggots. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a, you know, something that cr- it crawls on the dead. It's something that's disgusting by by almost anyone's terms. I mean, something it's, it's, that consumes shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, really it's, it, it's a lot of all that that's at play by that point. Whether that was truly intended, I'm not saying that it was. Right, it's just, right. it's still circumstantially. And then, you know, when we talk about different things, you know, later on in the program, they build up after a while. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad we're waiting for, for, for later on in the program because that stuff, I mean, shit, I could talk about yeah. a mile about that shit. But oh, and yeah. by the way, um, Scott Liddell actually originally intended him to be Australian. Really? Yeah, I was reading about that. I'm like, really? Wow, he wanted to be Australian. That he would have been better off that way. <laughs> but my thing is, I wouldn't have been bothered with it if he would have been uh, a new mutant, or if he was like gener- if he was started off in Generation X. Okay. If he started off there where it wasn't like the X Men, right? You I know, see what you mean? You know, what I'm saying like, like if you're gonna do the X Men and you're gonna bring somebody of color or somebody of a different nationality, make sure this is a character that's not a throwaway character, right? Like fun, like the Indian Thunderbird, or like he was Cecilia Reyes. Oh, Cecilia Reyes. Damn it. <laughs> Fucking hate Cecilia Reyes. But all those characters that I like, throw. And matter of fact, Cecilia Reyes was part of that that graduating class I put in quotes of the X-Men that they yeah. had. They had Cecilia Reyes, they had Maggot, and they had um, Marrow. Right. Where people actually graduate from Xavier School. Well, well they always have like. It's that, called that, You Haven't Died. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have that that when they, every other year, they, they have like characters they just introduced into the X-Men title. And that's kind of like, that's why I consider their graduating class. And Mag was part of that 97 graduating class. It was just horrible. So yeah. I, I'll just leave it at Maggot. Horrible writing. Didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Fuck. <laughs> and there goes Lent. <laughs> yeah, Lent's been gone. Yeah. Um, but for me, I chose someone that, oddly enough, for my worst, it, it would seem like it should have been a positive note, but it, for me, did not turn out that way. I chose DC Comics Icon as an example of one wow, of my worst. Wow, Icon. I, I wouldn't have thought that. Go ahead. Well, I, I break well, it down. Thing. Now, and this is interesting because this is created by a black man, Dwayne McDuffie, right. uh, God's rest his soul, because that man was actually a really talented at man. Um, he's the one that created Static, for a lot of you that don't know that. Static was another yeah, one of my And favorite. a lot of the Milestone characters. Um, 
what I don't like about the character, now he was created in 1993, and he's he's basically Superman. That's he's Superman, but you have to understand, Milestone is an offshoot of DC Comics, okay? DC Comics had had been and probably still is because they really do a bad job of it. They were, you know, once again being yelled at because they don't have blacks really around. I mean, you know, you get the odd black character here and there, but it's just not their world. Um, now, I can't say how it came to be. Like, I don't know if this was Dwayne's idea or if they hired him in after getting the idea. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But Static and Icon and Hardware and you want to name any other people from that milestone era, they're not in the DC continuity. They're in a separate universe that is not where Superman and Wonder Woman and all the regular characters are. They're Segregated. Yeah, they're basically in a... I mean, granted, there's all nationalities there, white, blacks, Hispanics, Asians. But basically, since... Um, the static um, book and all these others focus mostly on blacks and Hispanics in those populations. You're basically talking about it's a universe that actually has blacks and Hispanics in it. And to a large degree, they're just all over the place. Right. You know, um, so what I didn't like that about this is that so that because of this, now it's its own universe. Icon is the Superman of this universe. He has, this, you know, the standard mythos, you know, came from another planet, crash landed, that kind of a thing. Um, little differences are, though, is that he crashed in 1839. Oh wow! Yeah, so he's just really long lived. Like they, they instead of where Superman, everyone just guesses at it. Like they, they make it a point. No, he's long lived. Like he only looks like he's in his like late thirties, early forties. Yet he's you know by the time we run into him, you know, nearly a hundred years old by that point. Um, I'm sorry, over a hundred years old. Uh, and but here you love this though. He crash landed in 1839 in a cotton field in the American South. This is great writing. Yeah, already you're starting <laughs> off really well. And he, unlike Superman, where they happen to look humanoid, he didn't. He, his ship, he's, you know, he's not a machine, but his ship basically made it so that his body would um, mimic the first light form it would see. And he was found by a black female slave. So eventually he's, you know, raised up under that world and whatnot. So if, if Icon's ship had landed, let's say, in Asia... Or, you know... He would be an Asian man. He'd be an Asian man in Australia. He'd be a white, maybe an Aborigine. Right, exactly, exactly. You know. Right. So that's what we get. So now now you're jumping ahead to present time. Now, in all this time, this is, again, what I don't like about the character. Um, uh, he's, he's taking the name... Uh, I'm sorry, this is not what I don't like about the character. His name is Arnest. He takes the name Augustus uh, Freeman. But in all that time, from 1839 to current times, he has not become a superhero. In fact... He hasn't visibly used any of his powers except for on like the most minor charitable acts. You know, he's not saving the world here and there. He's just pretty much just living and he's been trying to get, he wants to get home. So I think he, he's been waiting for our techn our technology to catch up so that he can finally just go back to where he comes from. That's really what he wants. Um, well, wait, when, when he lands on earth, he's not a baby. He's like an actual. No, no, he's a baby. He's a baby. Yeah, he's raised and then, you know, he just kind of stops aging when he reaches that mid thirties or late thirties. So how does he know he's not human? He knows he's from a spaceship and he also knows that he's not aging while everyone else is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this is now, you know, talking about 1839, this is now present. But time. he learns that um, he comes from another planet and, and that it's still in existence. Yeah. Did yeah, he I, say why he's, why I, he was like jettisoned? No, I mean, I don't remember why it crashed. I don't know if it got separated from something or if he was supposedly sent, uh, 
I, I don't know if they tried one of those like he was originally sent for like scouting out kind of a thing. I'm not sure if that was what their, their deal Sending was. Sending a baby for a scout? That's a great idea. Well, to let it grow up amongst. Oh, okay. I and like, then, oh, you know, for the invasion and then it, it, something right. triggered. Right. Yes. Something like that. I mean, they never got into that. I don't know if that's the case. I'm just saying that may have been another idea. That's everybody in the Red State's nightmare. Invasion of black people. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. I'm saying invasion of people that can morph. <laughs> you know. Um, so, Either way. He doesn't. He's not persuaded to become a superhero until he runs into this young black teenage girl who also is from the poorest neighborhood in Dakota City. Uh, okay, um, which is great because she eventually becomes his sidekick named Rocket, and then he writes her eventually as an unwed teenage mother with her ex boyfriend's baby. You gotta love that one. What? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and his personality. He's just he's he's just stiff upper lip, like really uptight. Um, he speaks very proper English, but to the point that it becomes unbelievable. It's, it doesn't talk normal, which, okay, fine, I'll give you that. But he also votes Republican. It's just, it's this whole, like, just one after the next. And I'm like, this is just a poorly written example of what would Superman be like if he was black? It's like, well, I, I, even Superman's not like this. <laughs> right. You know? So, um, you know, the fact that they kept him so stiff upper lipped and whatnot, to me, just was, oh, here's just another stone-faced black character that doesn't know how to emote. You know, that's the feeling I got out of this. It's, it's, I just didn't find him enjoyable, you know, especially okay. for a character that's supposed to be representing the racial opposite of, of the, you know, one of the world's biggest known characters out there. And what's interesting is that I, I was very, I'm very shocked by, by, by your selection because a lot of people would usually, when they talk about best um, black characters created, usually icons like part of their, I won't say top five, right. I'll no, say top 10. No, they are. I mean, if you even just go on the net, you'll probably find a lot of it in the top 10. I, again, obviously we're all um, open to our own opinions, but for me, I think a lot of people get lost in the, oh, he's Superman, he's black, he must be great. Right. But it's like, no, no, you looked at the fact that he has Superman's powers, actually more of them, because he actually can release positron energy beams and do other things that Superman can't do. But it's like, yeah, having more power doesn't make you a more interesting or better written character. You know, and unfortunately for me, he just I, I think they made a lot of poor decisions in trying to make him a positive black role model. I, I think they, they kind of forgot something. But I think also that's why that's why they missed the boat. And that's why he didn't catch on as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, even for a non black person to read the book, it's just not, you know, interesting. No. Am I keeping you up there, Ralph? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, interestingly enough, in the New 52 world, Dakota, um, well, the whole Milestone world is now merged into the regular DC world. You just don't see anybody. Like, Static is about it. Icon probably exists, but he hasn't been shown in the, the new DC, DC 52 at all. Love Static, by the way. Static, oh, one Static is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, his, absolutely. His original writing was fantastic, and the cartoon was just excellent. It was done really well. Static shock. All right, Ralph, you're up to the plate, Mister. You don't want none. Don't start none. <laughs> that was Love the that. thing. Yeah, yeah, I always like that. All right, so um, what what was your character? Do you feel like yeah, total disservice? Or they fucked up? Well, it's one that Mike has mentioned many a time. The cap to rock, Tyrock, 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 the Black Leotard. Elvis. Tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Tyrock, there, Ralph. Well, and don't step on his blue suede shoes. <laughs> Tyrock was created by um, Carrie Bates and Mike Grell. Okay. Is Grell, is that how you say his name? I'm not sure. So he was first introduced in, 19, in 1976. So you got that, the disco era. So you can see it in his comic and his, his costume with the whole like the. <laughs> that, that's that eight inch collar up yeah. around the neck. Yep. <laughs> so he had an eight inch collar around the neck. Oh, God. His powers were um, different. He has like this sonic scream that he does, right? And depending on which scream, it does has a different power. So it's like, 
pyrokinesis, force fields, teleportation. Um, so different screams, activate different things. Right. Like yeah. he, wow, different powers. Now he's from he's from the Legion of Superheroes, so he's from like 30th century. Yeah. Earth, right? Okay. Yeah. So it's just, but it's just like, come on, really? A black man and his power is yelling. <laughs> it's, it's like you, you gave uh, what was it? It's like putting James Brown and making him a a, a superhero. You know, it's like, good God! <laughs> Yeah. Hey, he just opened an international, international <laughs> portal. So, so it's like, I mean, come on. Well, there's more to his story, though. That makes him the worst, actually. Well, yeah. Go on. Go on. I like what Mike but you know, this one. I like, but you know, that it's, well, this came from, again, DC having their problems. Like you said, this was in 76. Once again, people are like, you do understand you don't have any black. In the future, there were no black people. There was people that were purple, maroon, green striped <laughs> there was no one black and there was a point where the editor and i don't know who the editor at the time was but th- there's claims and of course the editor at that time he says that wasn't true but there's claims that even when the artist just for background i mean you just need to fill in people would put right. you know randomly put black people in the background that he would come by and go i don't want any black people in that background so there were no black wow. people literally in the future of earth not stated so they just weren't there so that when they invented this tyrock character it turns out that all the black people moved on to one big island that disappears for like 300 years at a time. That's convenient for yeah. them. Well, it's convenient for all the white people. <laughs> so that's where Tyrod comes from? from yeah. this, this black He's from island. That, this island of nothing but black people and that they, they, remember now, they chose to segregate themselves. Oh, oh, you know, the, no one else on earth put them there. They chose to all be together because evidently they all like being together. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah. oh, these these white people are crazy, man. Let's just get out of here. And, and tell the second part of the story, which is that the writer didn't, I guess the the artist didn't oh. like it so much. Well, yeah, but the artist, I, and uh, I forgot who you said the artist was, but yeah, he was assigned to you know create the character, and he just thought it was just such a horrible idea. So that that the costume that Tyrock has, it, it's it he looks like like a, a Las Vegas showgirl meets Elvis. Right. I mean, it's just a horrible costume. And he said that he actually intentionally drew that. Because he he was so angry at the character that they were creating, so you know. So if you ever go and take a look, or actually some of these things, I'm actually going to um, take pictures and put them up on the Facebook uh, probably over the weekend or by Monday for those of you that are listening would like to take a look at some of our best and worst. So so check this out. Um, the island is called Marzel. Marzel, that's right. And it, it appears like you said years at a time on Earth, and then in, in the, the language on Marzel, Tyrock means um, scream of the devil. So wow! His, his real name is Troy Stewart. Oh, they gave him a nice black name, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> All the way in the future, <laughs> I guess Leroy was taken. Wow! <laughs> wow! Interesting. All right, and it's funny because um, oh, oh, what? Look at this one. It was um, apparently it was in the Middle Ages in uh, the 18th century that <laughs> that the his people were descendant that they revolted and they went oh, to that island. So it wasn't even. From the future, that it was like the, the island appears every so year. So they went there. So basically, this off is the from, coast of Africa. They said this is from the 18th century. Yeah. Or they, so think about that. That means since the 1700s, this group has been disappearing. I could almost give you that, but they're the only black people in the future. <laughs> so now the question is, what, what happened, happened to, to all the black people? <laughs> if these are where there the was old... a culling. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe every time the island appears, they just run and grab black people off the earth. This is for your own good. Yeah, so <laughs> apparently, if you keep a group of black people on an island and give them many years, 
they'll develop advanced technology. Well, yeah, I think they had really advanced um, grape flavored soda. They had some <laughs> wow. really technically advanced uh, menthol cigarettes and some wings. And they had the best wings, they the perfect, best wings. And the ribs, yeah. <laughs> Their ribs were so soft that he didn't even have to scream. Yeah, them off. I'm glad you pressed the gong on that one. No, never, and nobody mentioned watermelon either. <laughs> That's offensive. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> but uh, okay, so real quick before before we go on break, um, could you guys men- mention a couple of Keeping it on a positive note, mention um, a character or or two that you feel like that we didn't talk about now, but you feel like are still positive or that that are are, are written very well in comic books now. I'll start with you, Ralph. Black Lightning. Black Lightning. I think he's all right. You think he's all right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, believe it or not, I as much as he had certain stereotypes written about, him, I liked uh, Brother Voodoo. Well, up until he died. <laughs> uh, another one that died really well yeah another one but I, I, I did like him okay um, I'm, I'm gonna say uh, I kind of gave a hint before I like Amanda Waller yeah. because they, they gave her a position of power she wasn't somebody with powers but she almost seemed like she was a step ahead of everybody right and, and you know she spoke you know she spoke intelligently without having her intelligence enhanced or right. anything like that. You yeah, know, exactly. she was just kick ass as a character. Well, she was a real, in, she was an intelligent, she was educated human woman. Being. She was yeah, an educated absolutely. woman, exactly. Yeah. Well, and she was a very Condoleezza Rice because I think she yes. came out around. Actually, she would have been out, I think, before yeah. um, that administration. I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, I she's have, very much that kind of a woman. Her first appearance was DC Comics 1986. Yeah, so that would have been during uh, Reagan. Reagan. Yeah, that's Reagan, so it was yeah. beforehand. But um, yeah, no, I like her as a character, and also Static. Like we said, I mean, I think he's, I think Static's a very positive role model kind of a character. I think Cap likes her now more because she lost a few pounds. Yeah, nah, you know, she, I, she may have lost some of that butt though, so you know, <laughs> Cap may not be too happy about it. Yeah, that. Cap loves some ass. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's right. Uh, but I also like Amanda Waller because, like I said, if you see even um, Justice League, um, which just Unlimited. Unlimited, they did her very well in that. And yeah. even the the prologue, right. the episode called Prologue, check it out. Oh, oh Batman yeah. Beyond? Well, it was a prologue that led into that. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, they just wrote her really well. Yeah. And, and she, voiced by the ever fabulous CCH Pounder. Yes. I love her voice. CCH Pounder is no Pounder. joke. That's funny, Pounder. <laughs> <laughs> Hey yo, hey yo! <laughs> All right, so um, we're just gonna go on a quick break, and we'll be back with more. Twi- uh, meanwhile, twenty-two pages later, after we refresh our voices, are we gonna sing again? Uh, probably not. Good night. <laughs> that's probably the weirdest transition we've ever had so far. Yeah, I know. One. I'm like, that's not the usual transition. <laughs> Fuck, we gotta try things that are different because some people think that the transition that we're using is loud. No. Point, not pointing any fingers or anything, but you know, I am. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I listen to it to my gentle ears through headphones. Gentle oh ears. His wrong G word. He meant geriatric ears. <laughs> <laughs> my ears are virginal. And they're not used to these what? loud noises. What are you saying? <laughs> what? You, you kids and your loud music. Speak louder, there, Sonny. This rock and or roll music will never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, we began the, the the first segment we had was we discussed um, black heroes and black villains that were either really really good for um, you know the comic books or not that good for comic books. Now I just want to talk about um, the state of black characters in comic books in general. You know what do we feel like they're doing? Do we feel like they're doing a good job? What could they do to improve? I mean, and 
and it's funny because I felt like last segment we were almost on the brink of going into that um, into the yeah. segment every single time. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard for you to start with one without going to the other. But before we go too far into this, though, I just wanted to just toss out. Uh, I think it's a good time to toss out a, a few just facts um, that I thought were kind of interesting. Sure. Um, which I, if I could actually find the facts that I put down, that would be great. Fact man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, the first there was the first black comic book. It was actually um, called All Negro Comics, and it was published in 1947. No shit. Yeah. Um, 1947? Yeah, 1947. It was called All Negro Comics, and there was only one single 48-page issue that ever made it out. But, well, I think uh, there was only one buyer. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and there was probably only one buyer. Um, it, it was made by uh, an African-American journalist, Orrin Cromwell, who was the first black writer to cover general assignments for a mainstream white newspaper in America. Wow. Yeah, it was the, uh, the, what was it, the Philadelphia Record. Okay. So he got together with a few other friends, and uh, they just put out, they, you know, they started a business called All Negro Comics. They had a 48-page standard-sized comic, um, had like a you know, regular glossy cover, not the most flattering imaging on the front, which is interesting to see since it was black-owned, you know. Um, right. But uh, it sold for 15 cents instead of 10 cents, which is also kind of odd, maybe because they probably figured they had a much more limited audience. Right. As they would. Um, Time Magazine in 1947, um, this is a quote from them, they called all Negro comics the first to be drawn by Negro artists and peopled entirely by Negro characters. Um, Ace Harlem, which is the lead feature, uh, the villains were a couple of zoot-suited, jive-talking Negro muggers whose presence in anyone else's comics might have brought up complaints of racial distortion. Since it was all in the family, Evans thought no Negro readers would mind. Wow. Yeah. So, in other words, basically, it wasn't, uh, there weren't a lot of heroes. I mean, it definitely right. wasn't a superhero comic, but there weren't a lot of heroic efforts being made. It was, like you said, it was a lot of, uh, you know, black-on-black action, a lot of very stereotyped drawings and whatnot. Right. But it was just very interesting. So, that was the first um, black published comic. Was this like a minstrel show in paper? <laughs> Just kind of like I mean, oddly, but it's interesting to see that from black from artists, black you know, artists from black themselves, you know, uh, and, it, and it was all black. It was black artists, black writers, black. Yeah. Pub- wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was all done on its own. Like I said, only made the one issue. Was it like one of those? It was like that episode of South Park where the kids come together and decide to write the stupidest book ever. Oh, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> so, so is, is that what they did? They I, like they're I, like, I, hey. You know what? Let's give these white people something stupid to read. I think it's a kind of again that philosophy of you're trying to write something that you think everybody's agreeing on when they, you know, for for an audience, but at the same time it's kind of like you're downplaying the audience, you know. It would, right. be, it would be like kids writing something, you know, not kids, let's say teenagers writing about how they're not listening to their parents and they're busy texting. And you just go, well, that's a little bit on the nose, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because if I wrote that, you'd be insulted. But as kids writing it, you'd be like, well, that's what we do. You know? Right. I think it was a lot of that. But um, so I wanted to mention that. And also uh, the first mainstream comic book feature that had a black star, but it wasn't African-American. It was um, African. was Waku, Prince of Bantu. And uh, he was a tribal chief. Uh, and this was Marvel Comics' predecessor, um, uh, Atlas Comics. At- Atlas, right. Yeah, Atlas Comics had put this out in the 1950s. Um, the first African-American black character to headline its own series was a character called Lobo, and it's not that Lobo. I, I figured it's uh, Lobo, baby. Yeah. Um, this was uh, printed out by Dell Comics in 1965, and it was created by the Dell editor and writer um, Don D.J. Arneson and uh, the artist Tony Tellerico, and it chronicled the Old West adventures of a wealthy, unnamed African-American gunslinger called Lobo, by the bad guys. Um, after beating the criminals, Lobo would leave the calling card of a gold coin imprinted with the image of a wolf and the letter L. 
Ah, okay. So, so Lobo. Uh, yeah, so Lobo. Um, Marvel Comics, as we know, um, they were around, but did we know that they introduced the first black African superhero, which was? Black Panther. Exactly. And that was in 1966. And they introduced the first known African-American superhero called? Luke Cage. No. Falcon. Yes. Uh-uh. In Captain America 117 in 1969. And there would be no black star of his or her own comic until 1972 with Marvel's? Oh, Tyrock. You said it the first time. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. And then it was followed in 1973 by Marvel's... What? what? Black Panther. <laughs> Shit. Oh, so, so it went... Okay, so it went Luke Cage and then Black Panther got his own book. Right, right exactly. So um, so the first book would have been... Uh, right, would have been Luke Cage. Oh, wow, okay. Followed by the Black Panther having his own book. So Black Panther was the first um, African-American... Uh, no, African, African. African character, but he didn't get his own book until after Luke Cage. Right. Wow. <laughs> he didn't get his own book until seven years later. Wow. Yeah. Because it was 66. He was introdu- it was introduced in 73 is when his book came out. And, and that's always very interesting because, you know, we're, we're, and I remember when we first started the podcast, we talk about us being three different generations of comic book lovers or nerds. And in this particular discussion, it reminds me that sometimes we have to attach some of the years to when things happen because... Things were different from the 80s, and then when you talk about the 70s, things were way different. Yeah. And you talk about the 60s, like, holy shit. Oh, you yeah. know, so, so I'm glad you're putting, the, you know, and I'm glad we all are, putting the, the, the years to when these characters were coming out, because it gives us an idea of where everything was. Well, that's what also makes it so unacceptable once we start talking about characters that were made in the 90s. Yeah. You know, because you know, then you're just like, okay, now you had no excuse, or even now the 2000s. Oh, you know, oh, you're yeah. just like, well, there's no excuse to be writing these bad characters. No, there's no excuse for these things to actually be getting past editors and right. being published. Yeah. But, 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 and that's part of one of the things that I guess I want one of the first, I mean, I don't want to go into this discussion blind, but I definitely want to throw out there. People talk about, well, why are there so many bad characters? And I'm like, well, part of it's just bad writing. But second of all, you know, who's your editing staff? And as you, if you're editing staff and I don't want to Fuck it, I'll play the race card. If 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 you have editors that are white, are their interests, you know, see, I, I don't want to say it, but it's kind of on my mind. Like, at what point does an editor go, well, fuck it, just throw the character out there and let's see how he flies? Right. Or does an er- editor actually have some concern about good writing? Well, supposedly they do, but I mean, I you know, I hear from people that have worked in the, the business that the editors, at least for the big houses... They're so overwhelmed that they don't really read a lot of. But they're still. But at the same time, when you're introducing a character, you would think you would have paid a little bit more attention, right? So that, again, I don't know how many editors or assistant editors are of color of any color, um, of color. So that I don't know, particularly since we're talking about since it's Black History Month, and we're talking about black characters. I don't know if when they're getting these newer black characters or freshening up old black characters that haven't been seen for a while, if they're not of color. And particularly not black, since this is a black character, are they saying, well, you know, I don't have them, you know, speaking completely in abonics, but they're not speaking proper. But isn't that like what the black kids would kind of be okay with? And, you know, you know, it's a hero that's just angry and aggressive. <laughs> isn't that what they're kind of expecting? I mean, other, but whereas they're, they're not, they're possibly not doing this with any malice or intent. I think it might be them thinking, well, this is right. You know, okay. not, not saying that the behavior shouldn't be corrected, but just that, oh, no, this is what uh, that goes on in these these cultures. Right. Enough that, you know, that putting them in isn't offensive. 
we're actually doing justice. And it's like, well, no, you're you're not really. <laughs> well, also, I think also part of it is, and and you're, I'll agree when you say that. I don't think some of it's done with malice, but I think some of it is them thinking, well, this is the norm, and anything else outside of that is not the norm. For example, if if somebody was to create a cyborg character now. If Cyborg was not created back in 1980, and right. they try to create him now, and if you went to the editor and said, "Hey, look, you know, I'm creating this character that, um, you know, his parents are scientists, and um, the, the 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 child was mauled by an alien creature, and the the parents, you know, with their scientific abilities, you know, give him cybernetic armor or whatever, and he speaks, you know, proper English, would the editor be like?" All right. Oh no, no, no. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe he was like a, a poor scientist, and then he came up, and you know, like right. you, you, know, you know, what I'm saying, like, like, no, like no, in, in, in people in people's heads, they're saying, well, it has to have that that there has to be a struggle. It has to be some kind of strife in right. order for it to be valid. They'll probably say that the parents were the poor ones. That... Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the, 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 either the parents or some something happened where they are experiencing some kind of strife because otherwise, it's not quote unquote believable. I mean, right. come on, who wants to read about? A, a spoiled black rich kid whose parents are s- successful scientists who were also spoiled black rich kids. Come on. <laughs> who wants to read that comic? It's <laughs> the same way we want to read about spoiled white kids. <laughs> but but it's kind of one of those things where, where I'm just, you know, it's one of those things where, where you l- listen to the characters. And it's even within, within I'll say, the, 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 the a population that is of color amongst themselves will sometimes kind of start saying that also, oh, well, it's not real enough. Right. Or it's, it's not, it, you know, he doesn't speak that way. People don't normally speak that way. And, and it just bothers me because I understand what you're saying. There are people that speak like that, but why do those, why, why do those kind of people have to be the one that are representing us? Exactly. Well, because also when, when people say, well, people don't speak like that. I'm like, you mean the people in your neighborhood don't speak like that? Right. You know, it's, it's, we, you know, you have to kind of leave that comfort zone and just take it for what it is. And also, I, I shouldn't be wallowing in the mire of bad habits or bad practices. I should also, when I'm reading these hero comics, I'm not supposed to go, yeah, and, I, and he, he's a hero and he hasn't gotten any better than me. You know, I'm supposed to read these heroes to say, wow, you know, I'm in a bad situation, but so was he. He improved it, not just by being a hero and that was that, but... He, you know, oh, I saw he became a doctor or a lawyer right. or, or, and then when he, you know, he did these right things or whatever it is the case may be, but I'm supposed to be looking up to these guys, not bringing them to my level. But I think that's what some, some of the editors, and I'm going to backtrack for a second. I'm going to, I'm going to say some of the editors might actually think they're doing a service to the community by saying, Hey, look, they came from the, from these bad situations that turned out great. So I can right. see the logic of them saying, well, you know what? Yeah. Um, um, the Black Green Lantern, John Stewart, is somebody who's unemployed and you know, um, like Vietnam vet or whatever. And you know, he gets the ring and he becomes a powerful human being, which says, you know, you know, screw you, adversity. I mean, you know, screw you, bad times. I'm going to show you that I'm a stronger person because I'm a strong person. You know, I'm not going to let anything get me down. But it, when you read the comic book, it just feels like the same things being done over and over again. Well, also when you read the the comic, and I had actually sent you guys a bunch of information. Yes. Um, what I what I find funny is that I mean, and granted, now this was when when the John Stewart became Green Lantern. You're talking this was nineteen nineteen seventy, right? Or I'm sorry, 1971. Um, but when he's offered the job, he he just says, uh, "Oh, considering jobs aren't exactly plentiful for architects in the land of the free these days, and I haven't worked in weeks, so time's not the problem. Sure, I'll try your gig. Might be last being a su- superhero. 
maybe they should call him Black Lantern. You know, it's just like, it's just at that point, I know this is a different time of writing, but you're just like, so basically someone just offered you one of the most powerful weapons in the universe. And you're like, eh, I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> Pretty know? much. It's like, you know, my GI Bill's not here. Right. I'm just sitting on my couch, just yeah. drinking some grape juice and whatnot. Exactly. Juice or soda, it works. <laughs> yeah, but I also like when, um, you know. Eating watermelon. <laughs> eating watermelon. God. When, uh, when you know they, he goes through the oath. The Green Lantern goes through the oath with him. Yeah, uh, you know, and you know, John Stewart is, is repeating the oath, but he's like, you know, I think the oath is corny, except for the part that says, "Beware my power." Mm-hmm. I do dig those words. <laughs> you know, so it was just you're just like, wow, this is this is a statement. I guess you're making here of, of what's yeah. going on during that time. You know, and it's funny because I was gonna pick John Stewart as the as the positive character that I was gonna choose, but I remember reading the first couple of issues of him like. Okay. I mean, yeah, understand it's written in the early 70s. It's about, you know, black pride and right. all that stuff was coming up. Black but, power. But, but I was like, okay. But I think also we have to remember that, you know, we can't look at it with our eyes. Right. You know, because that's what it was about. Right. You know, you had no black characters. So to have one, he was going to represent that. But I agree. It's like, and yeah, you didn't have to go say that. Now, <laughs> now the John Stewart that we know now, it's not like. Well, he's that. so prim and proper and uptight now. You know, so funny to. Well, here's an, I mean, here's another don't, famous don't John. Sh- don't sugarcoat it. He has a stick up his ass. Yeah, he does. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I love another quote when uh, he gets the uniform that the, that the ring automatically gives him. These aren't any threads James Brown would wear, but they beat my usual Salvation Army special. Only one thing: I won't wear any mask. This black man lets it all hang out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot to let hang out <laughs> but i mean during that time though like and uh you know so it's written it was just interesting like the first picture that we see of john stewart he's wearing a pink shirt like a button-down shirt a green vest over top of that a blue ascot <laughs> what is he fred from scooby-doo yeah, it's just the weirdest combination he's got this let's go his, gang he's got this go mini fro going on yeah it's the weirdest thing and uh like He's defending these two guys that are just sitting on a stoop, basically paying dominoes. But the cops are kind of harassing these guys, trying to get them to move along. And it's really weird because they're on a, a, a trash-strewn street. So it's not like they're really interfering with anybody. Right. So, you know, so that's where we see them. But then we see one of the Owens with Hal Jordan being told that this is the guy they're choosing. And um, Hal just says to the guy, that's the man you want to trust with a power ring? And the Owen says... He has all due qualifications, and we are not interested in your petty bigotries. And then ah. Hal is just like, I didn't mean it like that. You know? <laughs> so it was just interesting that they addressed it right up. And that's what I like about the comic, though, is throughout the comic, there's a lot of back and forth. They don't just go one way. They don't just go, like, you know, this black and th- proud, or, or right. he's black and it's wrong. I mean, it's, they, they constantly go back and forth. Uh, there's certain points where Hal is not, he's not happy about having Jon Stewart. I mean, we're... We're told up front that he's not happy because Guy Gardner is Hal's personal choice because Hal chose the guy. And um, whereas the Owens are like, we chose Jon Stewart. So, right. you know, deal with it. So he wasn't happy along that line. But um, but it was interesting. One thing I did too, uh, like about the whole back and forth with making sure you get both sides is that during some speech, Jon Stewart refers to Green Lantern as Whitey. Right. And Hal says, uh, you know, he says, like, don't do that because it sounds like a little bit too much of he who is without sin casting the first stone. So I like the how he throws back, like, you know what? You want to call me Whitey, but in saying Whitey, you're the one that sounds like a racist. Right. You know, so I, I really did enjoy the back and forth. Yeah, and, and that's cool. And, I, and, and it's between that 
because um, I remember reading that issue, and all's between that, and I don't want to get to this yet, but the Green Arrow, Green Lantern issue. Yeah. That, that's actually a really good, a, a good commentary about race. Right. You know, DC did a really good job about that. Have you noticed how, like, most of these black characters drawn in the 70s all look alike? Well, it's a huge similarity, I'm sure. Well, I think I think that's that's what Neil Adams was saying. They, I mean, all, they all have that same generic template. Angry. Yeah. <laughs> Angry or he, oppressed. He, he was the like, only choice that you have. He looks like Jamie Foxx right there. He does look like Jamie Foxx in this I one. I guess kind of, yeah. <laughs> Who would have played a good John Stewart? Anyway. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, oh yeah, I guess I could see that. Maybe. Maybe. But whatever. What can you see? No, him playing um, the, the the guy that what's the actor the actor's name? I forget his name, but he. he uh... I forget his name. That's a great name, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to apologies to all those out in the podcast world that can't see what we're actually looking at right now. <laughs> He's the same guy that that plays Spawn. Oh, oh, um, Jay White, Michael J. White, Michael J. White. Yeah. It's funny how how <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, Michael J. White. <laughs> All these Michael B. Black. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> Johnny be good. <laughs> what I also want to say is, because um, we're talking about, you know, um, how the black character has been portrayed throughout the years. I also have an issue with the way the black characters have been treated and dispatched throughout the years. Boom, you're dead. <laughs> my, the one I think about right off the bat, and I... Read my mind, Mike. Who am I thinking about? Let's see if you. Jeez, that black character. In recent history. In recent history, I'm probably throwing. He's not a big character, but the way they dispatched him was like, what the fuck? Well, for me, that that guy. Well, for me, the one that I think of is uh, Black Goliath. Or thank you, you read Goliath. There you go, Goliath. (laughs) Yeah. You sure you you two aren't going out? (laughs) (laughs) People have said that. (laughs) Gigi, who I thought was Mike. All jokes I have higher standards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Only because he's like fi- he's like five eleven. Ooh, I don't see six two. <laughs> You're six two. Yeah. Oh shit. Jesus <laughs> Maybe if you look up at my eyes for a change. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that short. I'm, I'm not eye level with your waistline. <laughs> the real black dude. <laughs> but um, yeah. So what I was what I was saying was um, fudge. What the black fuck? Goliath. Black Goliath, yes. No, Goliath. <laughs> I'll just leave it Goliath. His original name was Black Goliath. Yes. Uh, and they've had different versions of him. But the thing that got me, and I, I realized I didn't get mad about it until I started speaking about it with other people. In Civil War, obviously for those who didn't read Civil War, there was um, an act where the government was saying all superheroes need to be registered with the government and reveal their, their um, superhero identities. It was called the Superhero Registration Act. There you go. And then, What? Okay. Um, basically, there was a side for and a side against. And um, Black Goliath, this one of these big characters, um, was they were they were fight they were fighting a war, and I believe the clone of Thor, Ragnarok, yes, um, shot a bolt right through his chest and killed him. Wait, the name of the the clone of Thor, Ragnarok, as in the Norse. Well, at that point, it was only called Thor because no one knew it was a clone. And then afterwards, when it was revealed, of course, he had to have a name, so he called himself Ragnarok. As in the Norse apocalypse, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So basically, um, Ragnarok shoot, um, shoots a bolt from his um, was it from his, his hammer. hammer, from his hammer right through Goliath's chest and kills him. There's been other ways that people have been killed. I mean, we've we've talked about Supergirl being killed. We've talked about Superman being killed. We've talked about Batman being injured. But the way they dispatch black characters 
in such a grotesque and, and, and mutilating manner sometimes, it, it makes me angry. Yeah. I mean, well, that one, you know, like I said, they tried for the sympathy, but it's just like, well, once again, you, you have so few black characters. And I understand that, you know, their philosophy was, well, we'll kill someone that, A, won't affect our bottom line. And then B, you know, well, he'll, he'll be a minority, so that should elicit some sympathy. And it's like, well, no, it, killing anybody should elicit sympathy. Right. <laughs> Do you think that uh, Black Goliath was shocked? Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, I mean, you know, a perfect example, though, like another character. Now, this isn't a hero, and he's a lame character, but there was a character called Hammer. Um, and he was one of, the, this is a villain. Um, he, was a, uh, he was a black guy who was paired with a guy named Anvil. So he was Hammer and Anvil. And they were literally linked by some kind of a what do they call it a uh, an energy synthicon. So it looked like basically they were they were members on the chain gang, so they were already criminals and whatnot. And they were linked together. Alien gives makes the link instead of chains. It makes it this power core kind of thing. So that basically the if they're if they're hit with any kind of kinetic energy, it makes them stronger. So that after a little while, they have Hulk level strength literally. And that's one of the characters they would fight very often with Hulk. But they were always tied together. So they could, ne- you know, one hand was tied to the next, just like okay. in the chain gang. Right. So they could never be free of each other because it also held their life force together. Um, now, that would be awkward in the bedroom. I always wondered about going to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like, uh, seriously. And of course, what it was is that the black guy, Leroy Jackson, his uh, name, you know, his fa- father was a hobo. He accidentally uh, killed his father. With the whole um, stick in the. Uh, yeah, I don't know about all that. Uh, he claimed to hate everything and everyone. Oh, what an interesting black character we have here. Right. So the guy he's chained up with, um, of course, is Johnny Anvil was his real name. And he was a race uh, uh, supremacist and hated uh. black. So that was the whole thing. He was a white guy. But anyhow, this was during when Marvel was trying to get rid of a lot of these characters they didn't like. So they had Scourge of the Underworld killing all these characters. Now, Scourge could now, which is weird. Now, they have Hulk level strength. So they fought the Hulk. They've been beaten up and, you know, da, 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 da. they've never been killed by the Hulk. They ended up dying because of a gunshot. Which was interesting enough, but this is what really gets me. If you're going to shoot anyone, and especially in this case, they're both bad. Neither character was any had any redemption. I'm not saying that the way to do it was good on either side, but who do they kill? They shoot the black man right in the face, point blank. That's how he dies, and it's in his death that kills Anvil because they're like I said, they're genetic, right, they're connected. Yeah. yeah, but it's once again, it's like so. Well, then why didn't you make the decision to shoot the white guy? Right. You know, there was no reason. It's, yeah. it's it's these kind of questions. Or it could have been that they were in front of a white light, so the black guy was the clear target. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'll add something. And, and Kevin and I usually talk about things, and sometimes he'll say, we, we have another friend named Mike, and he uh, Mike is a sportscaster. I mean, I suppose a sports writer, and Mike always talks. It's about, not me, ladies and gentlemen. But look at that, going around the first, going around the second. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mike is from Chicago. Mike, oh, anytime we talk about sports, Mike brings up race, and and Kev goes, "Yo, every time you know we're talking about sports, he's gonna bring up race." And I know that there's people on the other end of the spectrum, but I kind of believe that, that race plays some part of it, especially when you when you read the comic books. It's like okay, one time coincidence, second time, you know. Um, no, first time it's mistake, second time coincidence, third time it's a trend. Right, and it's just it's just hard to to to, to not notice this trend that's going on in comic books. Oh yeah, well, I mean most definitely. Another example here's a here's a good villain. I mean he's a horrible villain. Vermin. Does anyone remember Vermin? No. Uh, he he looks like a rat basically. Yeah. He's he looks like a man rat. Well, I didn't know until recently he's black, and he was experimented on by uh, Baron Zemo and Arnim Zolom. So these basically you have these two Nazis experimenting on a black guy, and they make him into a Super rat. Wow. You know, and there's just lots of characters that are just like this that, uh, I don't know, just, 
it just doesn't work for me after yeah. a while. Um, and and we could talk about this till we're like pretty much, you know, red in the face. So let me ask you just to close it out, because um, like I said, we're not even done with this issue. But what's one thing that you want to say about black characters in comics now, Ralph? Now, now they're a little bit better. A little bit better. Yeah. All right, Mike. Um. I can't say that they're well. They're obviously better than the seventies. They're even better than the eighties. For the most part, they're nondescript. I think that's the problem with them. Is that yes? I mean, they're not all angry black men or sassy women. I mean, they sh- and they shouldn't be. But I think that the writers don't know what to do. So that it's either write them so straight away that you've taken any form of ethnicity from them. Um, or they're just kind of ignored, like there aren't they aren't used because there aren't that many of them. Right. Or you get characters like uh, Storm, for instance, who is went from being African to looking like Sue Storm, yeah. <laughs> basically by the end of the day. You know that it's between the artist taking advantage of it or whatnot. It's just the black characters are still few and far between. They're around, but they're just still no one knows what to do with them. Right. And I apologize for not taking more time on, on this um, on this segment. We'll probably have to revisit this. The one thing I'll say is that um, I kind of agree with what both of you guys are saying. I, mean, I feel like they are written better and we've come we've come some way. But I feel and I feel like this about this with all characters of color that they either um, they, they try to stay so away from the stereotypes that they write them so plain Jane that it's like, well, you, you know, you don't really care about them. There's no interest to them. And then they go, OK, well, let's make them interesting. Let's make them a poor family. Well, now you're, you know, now you're making the mistakes you made before. Yeah. Now you're just pandering. Exactly. And so I just feel like um, just to close out, I'll just say that um, black characters. Yeah, we have a couple of them, but we have a long way to go. <laughs> Hey guys, this is The Cap, letting you know that your voice is important. We still want to hear from you. Tell us what you thought of our last episode. Channel your inner Mike the Finance Guy and let us know if we got something wrong, which he's really good at doing. Help us with Geeks on the Go questions, or even compliment us on our horrible impersonations. Your impersonations aren't that bad, Doc. Thanks, Kev, even though I thought that was. So, <laughs> show us some nerd love on Twitter, at Meanwhile22. Or like our page on Facebook. You can also check out our website at meanwhile22pageslater.com. That 22 is a number. And if you have enough time, send us a positive review on iTunes. Wow. We're really begging, aren't we? Now let's get back to the show. After that, all that deep talking and that, I mean, because I felt like the, the show was a little bit heavy for a while. Not that it was bad, but, you know, that it was kind of serious for a minute. I kind of wanted to lighten it up a little bit, even though our guests will probably not think so. I want to welcome you to a sit down with Meanwhile 22. Today, RT Square and I, because Mike is too busy taking a leak, <laughs> RT Square and I will be speaking to someone who has been hinted at for some time. I mean, he has developed a small fan base and it's growing it's growing very big by the second. My girlfriend's a big fan. I know Big Kev's a big fan. So um, let's introduce everybody to Black Doom. Black Doom accepts your groveling, but your worthless platitudes will not spare you from working in the death mines of my new world order. Okay. That's <laughs> a bit tough. <laughs> right? It's a little heavy-handed, right? <laughs> so let me ask you... Um, 
Black Doom. <laughs> we hear a lot from you, and we really don't know a lot about you. So, I mean, I'm glad you gave us an opportunity to ask you a few questions. So, I'm gonna fire off with the first one. Um, what is it about you that puts you above all other evil doers? Black Doom is above all other doers, evil or not. <laughs> but to answer your question, it is my superior intellect. My fierce fashion sense and my ability to laugh at myself while butchering my enemies. These are among my best features. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ralph, you have anything to ask Black Doom? This is hilarious. Yes, the uh, almighty Black Doom there, sir. Just... Yes, Mr. Tech. <laughs> just, just wanted to know, such a, a mighty man, you know, you're busy all the time, but I'm pretty sure you have some downtime. So what do you enjoy doing on your spare time? Draining the sweat that collects in the crotch of this metal suit is both necessary <laughs> and comfortable. <laughs> but wait a minute. Will this be removed in editing? Um, yeah, sure. Well, then I will answer <laughs> anew. As you are aware, Black Doom is a people pleaser. So I oversee the building of new homes for those displaced from battles with those heroes that oppose me. Because Black Doom is nothing if not benevolent. So he's nothing. All right, cool. <laughs> but of course, these homes are constructed on desecrated Indian burial sites. Oh my God. <laughs> and built with cursed wood from the Black Forest. <laughs> I glad, I'm glad you're keeping the whole Black motif going on. <laughs> All right. Um, it's funny because you talked about... Um, <clears throat> You know, um, doing these things and showing your benev- your benevolence. Excuse me, I don't use a lot of ten dollar words. Black doom, you have to excuse me. Um, but I want to know what is something that that annoys you. What is something that almost every time it's done, that is done to you or it's done, it annoys you to no end. Stupid interview questions are among the highest of these annoyances. So, so, so from a rating of one to ten, one being not so annoying to ten being incredibly annoying what would you rate this um interview session so far infinity (laughs) (laughs) so it's that good (laughs) but to let you know i am also annoyed by comb overs (laughs) kitten videos (laughs) and of course will (laughs) pharaoh black doom will personally grind his nuts to paste with my iron fist so, 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 you mean to tell me that if Will Farrell was um, rumored to be um, Doom in the next Fantastic Four movie, would that bother you? I would eat his spine. <laughs> wow! But I also do not like personality quizzes on Facebook. <laughs> I took the X Men quiz. I was Jubilee. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was Jean Grey initially, so <laughs> I totally understand. You have the chest for that. <laughs> uh, Mr. BD, can I call you BD? Only once. Right. And then you'll be no more. Oh, good. That'll be one more spot for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do me. Um, so... Uh, there's a lot of good shows out there on TV. I don't know if uh, in your home country do you get these TV uh, shows. Uh, are you an avid TV watcher? I observe all. So you're a uh, peeping Tom? <laughs> Only by law. By your law? No, the laws of the land. <laughs> of your land. 
America is not happy when I watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you say you watch all, but what are show, what are some shows you watch there, uh, Black Doom? Well, I do not like the reality TV. It lacks torture dungeons and acid tanks, like all real homes should have. Okay, but so I that's do, what I'm missing. Okay, <laughs> but I do enjoy the over-the-top humor of Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not a humor show. It reminds me of frolicking with Mama and Papa Doom in our own piranha pools of my youth. Sounds fun. That's that's a very interesting childhood there. Yes. (laughs) Well, speaking of television shows, I mean, I don't know if you're too familiar with Walking Dead, but I mean, have you ever watched the show before Black Doom? Yes, I am a fan. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm glad you're so avid about it. All right. But let me ask you, what would be your strategy if there was a zombie apocalypse happening now, Black Doom. The secrets of Black Doom's solar-powered tanks and Land Rover boats have already been discovered by Ralph the Tech. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so now I will have to rely on my radio-controlled flying dolphin army and their laser blowholes. Wait, wait, wait. Radio-controlled dolphin army. You Fly. know too much. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Doug. I'm sorry, Black Doom. <laughs> I, I, I just find it curious that you would choose dolphins as a way of helping you out for the apocalypse. They're cheery and make me laugh. <laughs> they also have sex for um for for um for pleasure. Play. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I heard. And they rape. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting tidbit, RT Square. Where's Where's MFG? Damn, he's not done taking a leak yet. <laughs> this is why I wear armor. <laughs> Do you have metal diapers in there too? That is personal. <laughs> All right. Um, knowing you, you're so amazing, so great, Black Doom. You must have a very diverse uh, palate. So, if you had a, a choice of a, of something to eat, would it be something savory or something sweet? I savor the screams of my enemies, and my revenge is both cold and sweet. However. After a hard day of oppressing, I find the Taco Bell Gordita Supreme most satisfying. <laughs> but Black Doom is still single and must watch his figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to uh, you know expand that metal suit, huh? It does not stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's very constraining, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, one thing I'll add to that food question. Is spicy on the menu for you, BD? You do not ever want the runs in a metal suit. <laughs> I guess it's worse than the rust, I guess. <laughs> All right. Switching gears for a second. Um, well, I know a little bit more about your personality, even though I think RC Square and I have an idea of <laughs> what kind of person you are. If um, I'll put it this way. What animal best represents your personality? Anyone that eats its young. <laughs> but Black Doom has a special fondness for the black mamba, the black wolf, the black bear, the black vulture, the black rodent. Okay, all right, all right. I, I get, I, I get the idea. There's a trend there. Yeah, yeah. I, once again, he's still he's sticking with the black motif. Yes. <laughs> all right, um, Ralph. I think we have a little game for him just to kind of see where he is, you know, mentally. That's right. We're gonna play a little word association. With ah. So we're gonna uh, mention a person, and I want you to give me the first word that comes to mind. I'm good. Right. Tony Stark. Insignificant toy maker. Spider-Man. Insignificant bug. 
Uh, Lex Luthor. Insignificant egoist. Hey. <laughs> Magneto. Insignificant terrorist. <laughs> let me let me read, let me read this one. Ralph the Tech. Insignificant wizard. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. The Cap. Who is that? That's, yep, a, that's a good one. <laughs> that's that. Fuck that. That's me. Oh, have I mentioned insignificant? <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. For the first six times. And last but not least, even though he's not with us today, MFG Mike the Finance Guy trending everywhere. A promising disciple. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, look, that's all the time we have for today. So I want um, everybody to give a round of applause for Black Doom for being on um, Sit Down with Meanwhile 22. Black Doom, any parting thoughts or <laughs> anything le- uh, to leave with the audience? Learn to kneel when I take over. <laughs> oh. Okay. You will be the first to die. <laughs> <laughs> and now we know we have some some um, sadomasochists in the audience. So, <laughs> on behalf of RT Square and Black Doom, this is the Cap saying, "Give me a couple of seconds. Geek on the go is next." No one tells Black Doom what to say. Your guest is so annoying, Mike. You introduced him to us. What's up? He can't even get that shit right. I know, right? Hey, friends are friends. So high and pompous. Yeah. Maybe he's really just better than all you guys. Maybe maybe he'll be better off if he's high. We got to get him high. That's what it is. I don't think I want to see that. High Black Doom. With those weapons at his command? (laughs) What does this button do? All right, so everybody he was worried. He drove down here in the Bronx and was worried about his car getting stolen. His car alarm is like a 300 megaton nuclear bomb. <laughs> so that's what happened to CVS. <laughs> All right, everybody, you know the segment, even though Black Doom didn't announce it. I give quick questions, they give quick answers on all things geek and we never make it under a minute but i feel we're compelled to and being that we're on cp time we might never make it <laughs> yeah that's the first off-color joke of today's episode <laughs> really is that really the first off-color joke? I'm, I'm claiming it even though that's not true <laughs> yeah there's been a lot of watermelon ribs now we kept menthol it, cigarettes we, 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 we kept it pretty straight which was kind of cool i'm pretty sure my, i checked the counter it's broken <laughs> no, no, no. If you go to our other episodes, we're like Asian this, Puerto Rican that, black this. We 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 stayed very like, you know. What well, was Black History Month? We were focused. Yeah, we were. <laughs> so I I I can't wait to see the email from from Kev saying boring. <laughs> well, tell him when they invent Dominican History Month, we'll get around to it. Yeah, it'll be that short. <laughs> short of the island. <laughs> and now a moment's silence to remember all the Dominican superheroes ever been. And we're okay. done then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're ready to go? Yes. Ready, set, and go. Just one question. How would the following heroes be different if they were black? How would the Hulk be different? Mike? He'd be angry. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph? He'd be angry-er. <laughs> oh, goodness. Superman? Ralph? Uh, he'd be less of a pussy. <laughs> Mike? He would date a lot more white women. <laughs> oh, and they'd be blonde, too. <laughs> Wonder Woman? Mike? Um, I think she would just crack a lot more necks. Uh, yeah, because she'd have the badunka dunk. Uh, Ralph. <laughs> she'd have more attitude and be sassy. <laughs> like you were for half of this episode? You were your sassiness? <laughs> How would Robin be different? Ralph. He'd be less of a whiner. Really? I don't think so. <laughs> Mike. At that young age, he'd be a drug runner for Scarecrow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Um, how Starfire would be different? Mike, she'd be a stripper. Oh, so not Ralph. different at all. <laughs> <laughs> I like Starfire. Ralph? I concur with Mike. Stripper all the way. <laughs> all right. She already has the name for it. Shit. Oh, we almost had it under a minute. Damn. Damn. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. And last but not least, how would Wolverine be different, Ralph? Uh, uh, he'd have a different name for his Berserker Rage. What would it be called? I don't know. Be something black. Okay. I think people from Meanwhile 22 should email the name of, if Wolverine was black, what would his Berserker Rage be? <laughs> and Mike? Uh well, a black Wolverine, he'd be arrested and serving 40 years jail sentence for weapon possession. Wow. <laughs> so I guess we waited for all our, for, we saved all our racism for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> you guys kind of had to gear up and shit. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, uh, at least I didn't say for Wonder Woman that she just have a lot of, you know, other baby daddies going on. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it was definitely an interesting episode. But unfortunately, like all episodes, we have to go. So on behalf of MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Trending everywhere. And <laughs> and soon to be trending anywhere, uh, everywhere, RT Square, Ralph's Tech. <laughs> this is the cap saying, keep it geeky, and I have nothing clever to say. So just have a great week, everybody. Everybody.